welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome back to the uh, movie graveyard. We have the most appropriate movie for November, ain't that right, Zach? We motherfucking do. Because November is the month of giving thanks, and this is the story of a man who was not thankful enough, so he actually had his face taken off. They took his face off. They took his face off. We were sitting here before we started recording. How much fucking cum on the face jokes are we going to make? It's going to be so tempting. It's going to be so tempting. And we've literally been texting each other the last two days talking about how rock hard we were and how much cane we were going to shoot and how how much we actually, actually shot just watching the movie, but... We we were sitting here brainstorming. We actually coined the phrase "cum face." He is wearing cum face in this movie. Is it's the first face. time it's it's the first time it's ever been done it's in probably, cinema history. Yeah, it's probably why the the Breezer franchise never took off. It got canceled for depicting cum face. Exactly. Fucking. They did remake it though. Uh, recently, two thousand twenty four. There's a new Bruiser, and it's not this Bruiser. No. Who if was... you search, if you search for Bruiser, this is like you're never going to get this movie anymore. Yeah. As it stands. And it doesn't help that only in the at least in the states it only ever had that like one American DVD. So exactly, yeah. So we're gonna get started. We have it start on the actual credits of the movie, depending on what part of the world you're in. Like this was released by different people, but it was actually made by Studio Canal Plus or Plus, as they say overseas. So mm-hmm. we have it on the first credit of the actual like you know actual real credits within the movie. So it says the Studio Canal Plus presents. If you have the American DVD like me, it's 16 seconds in. If you have the foreign version like Zach, who fucking knows? 24 seconds. 24 seconds. Okay, there you go, baby. So on the Studio Canal Plus presents, I want to say one, two, three, go. And when you hear me say go, hit play on your remote or your PlayStation 3 controller. Because this is a fucking DVD exclusive. One, two, three, go. Oh, yeah. Will this ever get a Blu-ray release? It has a Blu-ray release, I, I want to say one in Germany oh. years ago, and then just literally just last year in France it, it put out. I can't find any information about the 2022 France Blu-ray, but the, the one from like 10 years ago from Germany, everybody says it's like, they say it's an upscale. They say it's not really true high definition, so I don't know what that mm. means. I haven't seen it. I actually tried to buy it last night, and the and like I've heard of copies of it going for like 20, 25 bucks. But the the only copy that was on eBay last night was like sixty bucks. So, no. yeah, I, I might just go for the French version if I ever see that I, for like around twenty five thirty. I did hear that slip, Michael Felcher, the mm. Slippy Man. Yeah. He's fucking. He's trying to get this for a Vestron collection. Really? That would actually that would actually be a pretty fucking good thing because I'm trying to think. I think this might be the only George Romero movie that's not released on American Blu-ray. Exactly. Fucking that, let, let's rate our boy's fucking uh, fit here. His fucking grooming habits, like fucking. <laughs> this blow is dry. A... <laughs> Do you blow dry? I, you know, I don't, but I think I'm gonna start. Uh, my hair is really short right now, so I really don't even need to. But uh, I, when I, I was on vacation, I was just telling you I was on vacation. Like, uh, I did the blow dry, and like, if I want to spike my hair up, I can just spike it up with blow dry. And like, it's weird. Like, I don't have to put no gel, no nothing. Like, it, it looks like the individual little spikes is weird. I hear uh, blow drying, it makes it easier to style. That's that's what I would imagine. And I also heard, because I have thin hair, so I I, I have been seeing some videos where, like, like if you actually have, like, combable long enough hair, like, I can't really comb my hair right now, it's so short, it's pretty much almost a long buzz cut. But, like, if you have, like, like our boy here in the movie, Jason Fleming, if you blow your hair, like, 
like I've seen videos where the hairdressers say blow it to the left, blow it to the right, blow it down the center, blow it to the left. Like if you just dry your hair back and forth crazy like that, it will like poof your hair up, I guess. Oh yeah. I fucking hated my hair growing up. I fucking it always poofed. No matter how I let it dry. Crazy. But like yeah. Yeah, my hair's pretty flat if I let it air dry. He's like, uh, I, I realized while watching this uh, again recently that this is fucking, uh, uh, it's kind of like uh, that movie Falling Down. Remember that? You know you know what I reminded me? Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean, like like story-wise, but um, it's like Falling Down, but like the way it's told. With it's like, got a horror twist. Well, yeah, the, the way he keeps fantasizing, though, early on in the movie about killing people, it's like so much like American Psycho. Exactly. That dog looked like the fucking the, the VHS cover of Boneyard. Remember that shit? I do remember that. Though. Fucking that. That, that dog was Google. scary as fuck. Yeah, right there. Fucking with that, the teeth. That made the movie look so good. It did. Boneyard, you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, it was. I think, I, think, I think his wife's nipples make Bruiser look really good. They should have put that on the poster. Hell yes. Fucking the Bruiser. Fucking uh, that. What if that's what he's referring to or is this the nipple? It looks like a bruise on the titty. Yeah, it looks like a bruise on the titty. That was like the whole theme. Of my now, we got to talk about the weirdest thing. Like one of the things that stuck out in my brain about this movie when I first seen it. Like it's about this guy who's a total wimp and he takes control back with his life and goes on a vengeance spree and all that. But like exactly. basically he's poor because he spent all his money on his house, but like they never finished it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like like it, like they live in a bedroom, but there's no doors. There's like just a just a hole in the wall, and he has to walk through fucking plastic. <laughs> our our boy George Romero, he's very keno, and he's fucking he's he's basically we're introduced to this character. He doesn't stick up for himself. Fucking his his life is like he's living in an unfinished house. Fucking uh, he finds out his wife is fucking fucking around on him. Yeah. Like uh, it, life just shits on this motherfucker. It is raining shit on our boy. By the way, I I love this movie. I don't want to you know I don't want to like discourage or anything and like say anything bad about this movie. But there's a like tons of missed opportunities that this movie misses to like make it like a cooler, more kind of rocking movie. And I'll point it out as we go along. But I saw some fucking. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to say it. he was a fucking cuck. Some asshole on Blu-rayforum.com back in 2018. When people were saying, "Oh, this should get this movie should get a Blu-ray," he said, "This is the literally the worst movie ever." What kind of fucking asshole do you have to watch? And this is by far a perfect movie, it's by far a perfect movie. But what kind of asshole do you like? Maybe you just only watch the best movies of all time to think Bruiser is the worst movie ever. Made. Yeah, that is insane. It is insane. Like, Bugger like fuck. I wanted to come back on the guy, but I'm like, this fucking comments from like seven years ago. He's not even going to read it, even if I fucking come back on him. If like shit Romero put out is still better than like fucking yeah. you gotta you gotta factor in like all these uh these straight just sci fi movies oh, fucking yeah. shark to put like even ironically that shit isn't better than this. Like really. Yeah, I mean I've seen all of George Romero's movies. Like he's probably my favorite director and they're i mean they vary greatly in quality. Like, you know, like some of them aren't that like great compared to the best ones, but like I, I like I can't really think like even the ones that people don't like like Knight Riders and Bruiser and shit they're still better than like most of the movies that come out on a yearly basis in theaters like yeah this fuck I I actually do I think this movie could be like seven out of ten like fucking yeah. uh but like fucking it just it, the the last act is is kind of like underwhelming because there's yeah. something off about it it's it's like the budget and like the, the, we'll get to it when we get to it but like. 
there's just there's like a stink on it this is like when uh ramirez started making all his canadian movies like we should say there was like a long gap between this and i think dark half was his previous movie where he went off and he wrote all these hollywood screenplays he was supposed to direct but they never happened so eventually just to kind of get back into directing he went and did bruiser and like i don't know with the bruiser story if it was just a script he picked up or how involved he was with it but it was like his first movie where he started having to make them all in canada because by that time everything was it was before everything started being made in georgia again but like yeah like back then everything was made in canada so like there is like a weird like i would say direct to dvd feel to it like with the cinema Mm. the cinematography is actually really fucking good it's shot on film it looks nice like i wish we did have a real blu-ray so we could judge the cinematography better to be honest with you because i I think a better balanced transfer with like you know the colors and shit it would it would look better but um yeah it just has this thing but i i think the biggest thing that like puts this weird thing on it and this was i mean this is just george's preference it has a weird ass jazz score to it that doesn't like some parts it fits really well and other parts it doesn't fit at all to be honest with you exactly I fucked up earlier. I meant fucking this is this like the I swear this movie is like at least like seven, eight out of ten until the last uh yeah. act. Have you ever thought that? It's like it, I always thought that they 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 had to have like not liked the last act and then like we gotta reshoot it and he he tried to throw in a bunch of stuff like fucking oh we'll put the misfits in there did did they ever have to reshoot the fucking ending not that i know of just the only thing we'll get to it but like the criticism i have with the ending is like it's the first time throughout the movie where when you get to the ending like it's so fucking corny and goofy yeah. And the choices made are like just not the strongest choices. Like all this early shit, like here, this is, you know, we saw uh, Henry uh, fantasize about blowing his brains out earlier, and that was a cool scene. Now he's fantasized about killing this lady on the train tracks for no reason. Like he's just attacking random people and throwing them under the train lady's head. Like this is all cool cutting that shit. But when you get to the end of the movie and how lame that fucking Halloween party is, like it, mm. then you can tell like a 68 year old man was directing the movie. And I hate to fucking say it cause I don't like to be an ageist, but it's just like, it's not cutting edge. It doesn't make good use of the actual misfits and how cool they were at the fucking time. It feels very low budget. Yeah. Very low budget. Mm-hmm. But but this part of the movie doesn't feel low budget to me. I mean, it feels like an independent yeah. film for sure, but it, there's really nothing about this that feels cheap. You know what I mean? Whereas that end mm-hmm. part feels really cheap. And the thing is, is the, the actual story part, like on paper, like if you hand me, handed me the script of Bruiser, I would read that end part and think like, oh, this is a pretty cool fucking setting. This is going to be cool, like set piece. But when you get to that part, like just the way it was shot and filmed and edited, it's like... I don't know. It's really fucking underwhelming, like big time. It is fuck. Well, I, I was gonna ask you what you think of Monkey Shines. I love Monkey Shines. I actually really like Monkey Shines. I too. love I love I love Monkey Shines when uh, you know I saw it like when I was a kid. Like I, 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 I don't. I don't get any of the, like, fucking people say shit on it. I don't think it's that ridiculous. Like, to me, it's like, it's in movie land, it works. I, I mean, get, yeah, like, it, it's like a weird-ass story. Like, I'll give you that. Fun. But it's, it's actually fun. so weird that it's, like, original. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I love I mean, Monkey Shot. I mean, I can't I mean, really think of a Romero movie I don't like. I mean, it probably one of the later ones. Like, like some of the later ones kind of, like, are really middle of the road of me. But, like... Like, when I first saw Diary of the Dead, I thought it was, like, pretty bad, to be honest with you. But the more times I watched it on video, I got into it, and I think it's okay. Um, Survival of the Dead, I've only watched one time, and I, it took me years. I've, I only got the Blu-ray of it, like, a couple years ago, so I need to rewatch it. I remember Survival of the Dead feeling a little, like, too direct-to-video-ish, but I liked the story of it, if that makes sense. Like, it just kind of had, like, cheap actors, cheap setting, cheap cinematography. 
but like but like bruiser is kind of the beginning of like the final phase of george's career where he started having that like kind of more generic uh, canadian made independent film feel but there's still a lot of personality like fucking uh dino velvet here uh fucking peter stormer he's fucking amazing exactly. in this movie and like exactly and it, the only the only thing that's a little weak about it is you can tell he's ad-libbing the whole time because he always says the same shit he like he, he talks about putting his salami and pussy like about 40 times in the movie <laughs> and it's like okay this, the script couldn't have actually said the same repetitive shit over and over but but i like this part where they they set up that henry works for this fashion magazine called bruiser and exactly. um it's the ma- fucking the magazine he works at. Yeah, it's called Bruiser. And like fucking Dino Velvet here is pull. He literally look. You see his dick. He literally shows his dick in this movie. Peter Stormare. He sh- he's literally pulling his pants down, showing his dick, talking about and these girls and their fucking dog shit face. Come on, rah, rah. and like exactly. you know, it's like we make heat. That's the the slogan of the thing. We're fucking we make heat. Rah. He's basically like fucking. They're they're laying out. R- Romero saw he was ahead of the time. He saw the the archetype, the fucking beta, yeah. the main character, and the Chad Peter Stormare. Exactly. And like he like like I know this is gonna sound like we're joking because we always joke. We always say come. We always say cuck. We always say all this <laughs> shit. But is the literally what what causes Henry to transform into a a supernatural vengeance whatever is he does get cucked. <laughs> By Peter exactly. Stormare. He does. He, he does. gets cucked. That's what's so funny. It okay. makes him transform. Is like he sees uh, his wife jerking off Peter Stormare at the party, and then and then she bitches him out, and she basically tells him like, "I was just jerking him off to see what your reaction would be," and you didn't do anything. Like this was before I think I'm sure that the term "cuck" existed, like in the underground sex scene or something, but it wasn't mm. like popularized. Like like if this movie was made now or even a few years after when it was like, I don't think Romero would have had any choice but to fucking call either call henry a cuck in the movie or call the movie cuck exactly fucking uh we know our boy our boy george he would have been right on that fucking ahead of his time well he would have took it to another level too where like literally not only does he get cucked but like he has to watch peter summer bang his wife but then peter summer's cum flies onto his face and that's how he got transformed into cum he gets stuck to his face yeah (laughs) Yeah. it dried on his face (laughs) he could he would have just called it cum face he could have called it cum face cuck yeah. fucking that that would be the title like i'm sure people would probably you know like whatever judgmental people would would, would chalk it up to bad acting and, and like this this chick uh, i don't know her name the, the chick they're courtney talking about cox that. that's courtney cox right there <laughs> it's not courtney cox dude it looks literally just like her it's bortney box <laughs> It literally, is it not like a bootleg? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a super Canadian version of Courtney Cox, which is funny because I think Courtney Cox is Canadian too. If you think about it, like so many Canadian shot movies have lookalikes like they that. Do. Like if you think of like Jason X had like a fucking. I remember there's a Robert England lookalike in Jason X. <laughs> well, you, you know where they around? probably find them, baby. Like I'm not joking. Where they probably find them is they probably get the stand-ins for the stars. Like yeah, you know my boy, he stood in for Tom Cruise on a couple movies, and then that he, literally is then he plays up, they, is. like yeah, that'd be like if George Romero got my boy in a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly what you just solved the whole riddle. Yeah, I did. It's like, oh, like, we'll get this lady, like, you know, like, oh, she does, well, she has a few credits, not much, but she stood in for Courtney Cox on three movies. Like, okay, then she's like Courtney Cox, let's get her. Mm. I gotta, what? I gotta say, like, like, short hair doesn't look good on many women, and unfortunately, this actress is one of those women. You think so? Yeah, like, it's not working for her. It's just her head shape is it's just not really good. Oh, I'm digging. I'm liking. 
I mean, at least spike that shit up or something. Get some personality. It's just like the flattest ass buzz cut hair on a woman. That's for you to fucking decide when you're when you're doing the sex when you're doing you're rubbing your hand through your hair. Oh my god! She's leaving it flat for you to decide if you if she so sees fit yeah. if she so sees fit to anoint you the privilege. This is a very foreign cast though. Besides all the the supporting characters being kind of no name Canadian actors, but we have our boy Stormare from I don't even know where he's from Denmark, and then we have Jason Fleming who. I don't know if he's English. I know he started in English movies. He might be Irish or something. I don't, I don't even fucking know. But what do you think of our, our Lee Jason Fleming? Because I actually liked him back then. I knew him from uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels before this. He's got the fucking uh, the it. Like, he, he could does. have been a, a Hollywood guy, I think. Mm-hmm. Fucking, uh, I kind of like him on screen. Yeah. Fucking, uh, it, once he gets the face on... Yeah. Face on is what the movie should have been called. Face on, face on. yeah. To, to follow up, face off, then you make yeah. face on. Then he can't emote as much, and it's kind of more, maybe like a little more goofy, fucking yeah. them. Especially because they got to like overdub all of his lines and shit. Yeah, I think they did. I remember George Romero saying that when they made this movie, like you know, the actor Jason was great because he had to put up with a lot of constantly having that shit on his face. And they were saying, like, he could only either drink water because it was clear and, like, his his food for lunch, he had to only drink or eat white food. So he had to fucking pretty much uh, eat plain ravioli every day. Fucking uh, raviolis. You think he was fucking uh, hanging out with uh, Mankind and shit? He He's got the been. endorsement. He mankind was delivering it to him straight from the fucking source himself. I gotta say too, being a foreign actor, Jason Fleming having to disguise his uh, whatever his native uh, accent is, he kind of talks flat, and that's, that's another thing that kind of reminds me of American Psycho when Christian Bale talks as an American. He gets really flat, and like uh, mm-hmm. Jason Fleming has a little more like emotion and inflection in his voice, but he still has a very flat voice. He's kind of whiny, but he still has a very flat voice. Fucking, uh, there are some similarities to their portrayal. What do you think of the f- friend here? Yeah, Jimbo, the the guy who's his best friend and also also his financial advisor. Who, like, I think from the opening scene where they meet, you you can already tell where this is going. That this guy's been ripping him off. Yeah, very sleazy. Yeah, he's got a goof. I like him. He's he, like he does. He's not really right for the part. Like he seems too young to be like a financial advisor guy. Like I know there are young ones of those, but like. This guy seems more like a guy who should be like the villain in the fucking Tom Green movie. <laughs> By the way, baby, oh, yeah. you've been watching Tom Green, his new podcast he does in a fucking barn out in the middle of cold ass nowhere. Yeah, I saw he's been becoming like a hermit. Yeah. Recently. yeah. Fucking hanging out in the fucking wilderness and fucking yeah. log cabin type shit, playing piano and yeah. being a Chad still. I mean, yeah. I mean, now being out in the remote areas of Canada, do, does he fly the women into him? Like, is, how is he doing that? It's hard telling. You think he's you think he's married? I don't even know. Yeah, I, I have no clue what's going on in his life. I would say uh, probably not if he's moving to the middle of nowhere. I don't think many women would sign up for that. Fucking uh, yeah, it's hard telling. It's hard telling. Now I gotta what? say, this is a very cheap set. This like athletic club, and obviously this like country club or whatever it's supposed to be, and it's like. They have this chairs around this racquetball or tennis court, like overlooking, and it's like very cheap set. And it's obvious that this would never be a real restaurant in real life. But for like movie world, like I don't know why, like I really fucking like this here. Yeah, 
this shot right here is super dark on my cut. It looks like they're fucking really. Uh, it's it's pretty, nighttime. It's almost. it's one of the few bright uh, scenes in the in my version. Like that's super dark right there. Fucking my version, it very sucks. It Your very version sucks. must have been ripped from a fucking VHS. Damn. It's possible. <laughs> Remember how the VHS in the eighties of the horror movies were always super dark for some reason. Exactly. Like, what or why? Like mine's not like really bright. Like I was telling you, like a lot of the daytime scenes, like they don't look like you know, like if you watch the modern movie on Blu-ray now, like the daytime scenes are always super bright and blown out. Like they don't look like that. Like they look very middle, like you know, not bright, but they're not like mm-hmm. dark. But no, the, them sitting inside there for that scene in the pool scene, like they're they're by no means dark. Like on my oh. DVD, here's uh, we're being introduced. To fucking their friend group, and she just showed him the the fucking mask. Yeah, she's like, they're doing a party at Dino Velvet's house, and uh, everybody's getting a plaster mask in their face. So like, so pretty, technically, everybody you see at this uh, party has had come on their face already. Exactly, fucking oh, it, it brings a smile to my face. She's thinking about it. I know, but um, yeah, here here we get introduced to the Asian model, and like I say, she's probably like, and I think it was intentional. But and like you know, but she plays a very hysterical character, and she she gets on my nerves. I hate her fucking acting. Like I wish they would have actually got a real like, um, not a real, but it was a more serious actress for that part. I think it would have been more believable. But yeah, but like so like Dina Velvet's um, wife Rosie makes these life casts of everybody. Like I guess that's how they explain how his his white face ends up looking like him, and not just like a Michael Myers mask. Like it's actually molded mm-hmm. to his face. But like. And then she wants everybody to paint them later. And that's his thing is he refuses to paint his because he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm just such a bitch. I can't paint a mask. But like everybody's supposed to decorate their own face like the way they want. But like that mm-hmm. seems like shouldn't she just have like made like 20 blank masks and let people paint that? Like wouldn't that have been enough creative expression? Did it have to be their real faces or did she really need to take their faces off? <laughs> she just take their face off. Yeah. I like how that's never old to me. Like, <laughs> why would it fucking? I'm get always off? gonna laugh at that. But it, it, it's setting up like the our, our boy George Romero. He's yeah. fucking. He's very five head. He's got his third eye squeegee. Yeah. He's laying in like this guy. He doesn't have fucking. The, he has no personality. He's just like a blank slate. He lets people yeah. walk all over him. Yeah, he's not stick up for himself. Well, here they sh- that mask is like the cover, I think, of the DVD menu. It was like somebody else's mask. It was mostly white with just a little bit of red smeared on it. And it's like that's not even the bruiser mask, and they use that image like so much. The fucking the the, the red smear on it is like a weird CGI carved cut. Very very weird looking. Which, by the way, there's there's not much CGI in this movie. Most of it's in the end of the party scene. But oh my god, it's really bizarre. Like, why would you even put this in here? <laughs> Exactly. It is. It is. It, it, it reminds me of a uh, Wishmaster. It does. Uh, it does. It's like fucking Wishmaster CGI. Exactly. Like if you're the director and like you know you have you you know what the scene looks like and you and you go to the CGI people and you're like oh it'd be cool if we could add this little element here or this little you know element of CGI and they're like okay they do it and then you see how bad it looks like why can't you just be like just take it back. Hmm. We'll just leave nothing there. They'll just have to use their imagination. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially the the worst piece of CGI. Well, I'll point it out when it cut, when it happens. But and they keep showing it. It's like this is like the stupidest looking shit. Like, why didn't you just get a flashlight for this? <laughs> exactly. This scene is very dark. But like, I, I'm fucking. We we got to point out this is the scene where Peter Stormare 
gets his wee wee uh, yeah. tugged on by the man, our, our, our main character's beautiful fucking yeah. she, wife. I, I actually respect this this woman a lot, the, both the actress and the fictional character. Exactly. Fucking, uh, are we supposed to believe she wouldn't want to fucking stroke Peter Stormer's yeah. cock? Like fucking every woman would. I think Henry not himself be wants to. Exactly. He doesn't even care that much because he knows it's Peter Stormare. You know, know what I mean? And he's like, just like fucking... yeah, he's like that. That's why he didn't get upset. Exactly. She, she, I don't know why, man, but she's just super hot to me. I she think is. it was a good bit of casting. She's fucking Stacy. She's all Stacy. There is it the copy I'm watching, or uh, is it the movie that there's like kind of a jump cut the way he looks there, and it kind of looks like it. It might just be the fucking uh, like a drop frame rate in mine, but I was almost thinking that this this kind of seemed like a version that had a cut, mm. like for a for another video release, like it like it showed them again, and it, it was a little too risque, so they just fucking cut it out. Yeah, I did. I didn't really notice it. Um, I don't know if, just if, be if our guy. versions are out of sync, and I just haven't seen it yet. But like, yeah. Are they in the car right now? No, like she's just jerking them off right now. I think we have that thing like me and Bat have where it's like if you if you get a, a quote unquote version from the internet, it's at the foreign frame rate, which is sped up. It might be. So like just every 10 minutes, just pause your copy for about 10 seconds and we'll stay closer. <laughs> yeah, so, let me know when they're in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, he, she's still tugging away here. <laughs> she She just wiped her mouth. It's when they're explaining after that he saw her. Yeah, and she's she's like, you just saw me doing that. He, he's fucking... actually watching. He just is starting to see her right now. He's like, what's going on over there? Am I getting <laughs> cucked? It's like, and he's holding the mask. And it's like, yeah, just put that mask on already. Like, save the problem of the magical mis- mystery happening of how your face disappeared. He and, hasn't uh, even started jacking off yet. I'm, I'm no. that far ahead. Yeah, just pause it. Exactly. Yeah, they're fine. at the gas station now. They're in the car. Which, which I gotta say, like again, this is the first missed opportunity. So his his Stacy ass wife drives a pretty cool uh, Mustang. Uh, I can't tell if it's a five or not, but either way, it's a cool Mustang. And like once he kills her, he should have been driving around in that car. But then he drives around in a fucking ugly ass fucking brown Volvo. Like like that. Like he should have been driving the nerd car when he was the nerd. But when he became the cool guy with no face, then he should have been like driving the fast sports car so he could get away from the police and do all that shit. But that's like the first exactly. missed opportunity from George Romero because George Romero, I guess, just didn't want to make a, a, a exactly. cool film here. Ain't it shitty that the hands of fate decided that the Freaky Friday type situation that set this whole thing off was going to be the porcelain mask rather than the big cock of the fucking like <laughs> the, Cadillac the big she's camel driving? Cock, yeah. Of the Cadillac she's driving. What if he just sprouted a big, huge cock and went around fucking smacking people with it? That was the whole plot of the movie. If That's they the made the movie, movie now, like like the meme culture would probably dictate that they would have to do something like that. Exactly. I think cum face is just as memey though. Yeah. It's it, memey Siku type every, shit. Every time you say cum face, it reminds me of that student film Jim Carrey did when he was young called Rubber Face. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the video store and just laughing my ass off at the face he's making on the cover. Yeah, like my friend rented it. And it was it was super cheap. It was like ninety nine cents to rent for Blockbuster Video, and like we watched it, and it was like thirty minutes long. And we're like, okay, like what do we do with the rest of the night? Like it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just he just fucking. I I would still want to have sex with her after that, even if she did hit me with the car. She's just that hot. 
Yeah, I mean, if she ran me over the car, like, which, by the way, why are they, their house, and again, I guess George Romero just had to pick, like, a, uh, like, a house that was half finished that they could go shoot in, but this is, like, a four-car garage, they only have two cars, like, where's the rest of the fucking cars, because they don't have the money for extra cars. Exactly, he's laying in the symbolism, fucking, uh, his, his shit is unfinished, it's, 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 it's linking to that shit we all feel, because this is kind of one of those movies that the fucking, the older you get, the more you're gonna appreciate it. I can see fucking, I can see like 15 year olds being like fucking watching this and being like fucking, yeah, it's okay, fucking, oh well. But like fucking, after you've lived this shit and you you realize that your your entire life is almost like you're fucking buying shit to fill up that house and you're always working to, (laughs) you know, that's my life. It's so fucking, uh, there's a lot of symbolism about like fucking, uh, just the game of life. Yeah, because he's arguing with his wife because she's saying, like, you watched me jerk that guy off and, like, you didn't do anything. And, like, uh, so he fantasizes that she, like, runs him over and he lands on the, like, hood of the car and he takes an axe and smashes it through the windshield and kills her. But what really happens is she just backs out of the driveway and calls him, like, literally calls him a cuck pretty much and then drives away to go fuck more men. And uh, it's just, like, I don't know. I kind of miss that in the second half of the movie, too, because, like, the first movie, like, all the, I mean, you kind of once you, it happens a couple times, you kind of know that all the flashes of violence are fake. But like, I I miss his like his psychotic like imagination. Like it just dis like once he get once he actually loses his face, he actually gets more sane than than he was in the beginning. In a way, yeah. So we saw that weird cut effect they did. Yeah, what, was that a CG effect? Yeah, it, it was, was like oh. yeah, it was like a weird CG effect. Or like when he's going in and out of reality and his like thing, and we should say too, it's like a big theme because they, they, I don't know why they had to talk about it like nonstop, but like uh, he heard a guy commit suicide over the radio, like a guy called into a radio show and killed himself like over the phone, and like it's he like gets a running thing. Yeah, he gets really movie. obsessed, and then like then he then he hears the guy later like call back in, and it's like George Romero going like ah I faked my death, blah, blah, blah. but it's like <laughs> but that's actually fake though because everybody knows that the guy actually killed himself, like so. It's weird that he fantasizes. I like this when he's stretching his cum face out. Exactly. <laughs> he, he keeps like he's he's trying to rip it off his face and he scratches his face and like like if he if he scratches the cum face with this thing, it's so weird when he starts trying to comb his hair around it. Like who cares about your hair if you got a big white cum face on your face? Exactly. Exactly. There's a there's something very uh, uncanny about the cum face too. Whenever he's yeah. in, he's it, this is like uh, I was gonna say. Like, I always thought this is, like, one of the best movies about a guy who wakes up with shaving cream on his face and can't wash it off yeah. ever. Because that scene where he's fucking looking in the mirror, and it does, it's very shaving cream. Fucking, like, it, there's something about, like, the way he's moving that's uncanny. I, I, I'm, i like, I don't know, was that CGI or, or something? Something about that? I don't know, just weird photography or something. But you know another movie this reminds me of, like, a lot? Where he just suddenly wakes up and he... And he is uh you know has come faces a lost highway how 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 uh what's his name i can't want to say bill paxton but it's bill pullman goes to sleep bill in the jail cell and he wakes up a different guy he wakes up as balazar getty and they have to let him out because they're like well you're not the guy that's supposed to be in the jail cell now did... now we gotta say too because at this point we we know this guy's grip on reality right is like not good because he keeps fantasizing about all this violent shit so like I think you're probably thinking when you watch this at this point in time that the cum face is fake, right? Like it's all in his head. Like he's got to be crazy, right? It fucking yeah. I don't know if I ever thought that. I fucking uh, I, I always just watch this and like fucking. 
I don't know. It's it's just such a weird fucking uh, plot that is. Uh, I never really thought, like fucking. To me, it was just. I remember when I read the plot for this movie. It's just like, oh, guy wakes up and he's just got fucking. Uh, his face is gone and he doesn't know why, and he's got to figure out why his face is gone. It's like that's such a weird fucking idea for a movie. And I just fucking I remember watching it and just like in, immersed in the yeah. movie, like. Uh, I never th- really thought like fuck, this guy is this Casper face man fucking it's just it's weird like the way they do the effect yeah. is a little the f- makeup's weird. awesome because it like it moves it's it, it just looks like a thin layer of shit over his face like it's really it's really exactly. good prosthetic but yeah it was it was it turns out his face really did turn white because they they get him on video and he actually does have the white face so like I think and I actually like that because yeah I'm I'm with you I always assumed his face really turned white too you know. Yeah, and um, but like, the way the movie is like, oh, his grip of sanity is like, we you know, like, cause here he confronts the maid for stealing from him, and then like that almost feels like like this is actually real. This is the first bit of violence in the movie that's real when he kills the maid, cause like, and I and you, like I feel like because you've seen the fake ones with the CGI effect where he goes in and out of reality where he kills people, and then it turns out to be fake. I think, like, when you watch him kill the maid, you think that's going to be fake. Because, like, what are the chances that even the maid's going to steal? And first of all, why does he... It doesn't even make any sense that he has a maid because he lives in a construction site house. Like, what are you going to clean up? There's already dust yeah. everywhere from when they're working, you know? Uh, it's one of those things, too, is, like, is the house really unfinished? What if there's some yeah. more Kino shit? What if there's yeah. fucking... What if this is all in the mind? Yeah. It's a, very psychological. Instead of uh, the Misfits, they should have got the talking heads to do the soundtrack. That that reminds me, we we could talk about we we did decide since this is a Misfits tie-in movie. That that's really the only reason this movie exists. Yeah, is yeah. This, is, this is an advertisement for the Misfits. George Romero wanted to cash in on the uh, success of Animal Room and Big Money Wrestlers. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna make a Big Money Wrestlers joke. <laughs> <laughs> but we should say Animal Room was the first one that launched the cinematic career of seeing the Misfits on screen. Have you ever seen Animal Room? I haven't. It's actually a, a good movie. It's like kind of trying to be a little bit like Clockwork Orange. It's a bullion movie. And I can't remember the main guy in it if it's like Jeremy Davies or who, but I remember like the main bully is Matthew Lillard. It's like oh, nice. it, came, it came out like a year before Scream came out, before everybody knew who Matthew Lillard is. And uh, and yeah, there's like, a, I can't remember the exact like whatever, but there's like, for some reason, the misfits are rehearsing in like a fucking apartment. It's really weird. They're like barely yeah, in it, but it's just like... It's just and because it, it was shot in like I believe New Jersey with like some local guys. It was just like some filmmaker guy who knew Jerry only, so, and it was like right when the Misfits were relaunching, you know, with Michael Graves and shit. So they're yeah. like, we'll be in this like no budget movie for like some weird cameo, and they're just like in this apartment from what I remember with like their full face makeup on, like just mm-hmm. fucking rehearsing. It's weird. In the uh, this scene is so fucking dark. I, I'm so sad I couldn't see her, uh, the the pretty lady oh, with she's the fucking, so fucking in her underwear. Yeah, her, her beautiful fucking titties poking uh, out. See if you can get that fucking DVD for seven bucks off eBay. It's worth exactly. it. Exactly. I was I was gonna mention we were gonna fucking talk about our top ten misfits yeah, song throughout the episode too. Yeah, we are. I don't know when okay. we should start that. Look, let's let's. It's up to you, baby. We'll, we'll wait till the middle part where it starts getting draggy because it's it's pretty action packed up until when his wife gets killed. I'd say. Okay, sounds good, baby. Fucking not. She 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 should have done one of those scenes like fucking Friday Thirty Part Five where she's just like, hey, it's showtime. We just showed her titties one yeah. last time. I just want to see her titties in a nice, well lit room. I mean, she already showed them a couple times, and I think she'll show them one more time more. But like, yeah. 
Man, you see that chick's titties, man. Man, fucking them titties, though. It, it kind of begs the question, though, like, well, how come he doesn't want to have sex with his wife? Exactly. Fucking, what a, what a lame motherfucker. <laughs> he deserves everything. Does he man. deserve to have the white face? Because <laughs> he won't have exactly. sex with his wife? And why did he start getting dressed with work, putting a tie on when his face was gone? Like, how was he even going to go to work? Was people going to take him seriously with this white-ass face? How am I supposed to feel bad for this motherfucker? He has that chick as his wife. He's not having sex with her. I know. I can't relate. So much that a bunch of dudes just fucking jerked off in his face while he slept, and now this is the aftermath. He can't wash the cum off. <laughs> they punish them. Exactly. He he he. There, there is a, a sense of it that it's like this is like a, a sequel to The Mask, and he's like Casper Face. <laughs> That would have been the sequel, like the real. If Jim Carrey would have come back for the real mask too, it would have been like a tie-in mask versus cum face. If if you just take some uh, shots from the movie out of context and just advertise it as the mask too, yeah. or something like that, <laughs> he could have done it. Uh, a mask, uh, you know, made in India ripoff yeah. movie. It's kind of funny though, because like I guess it's just because he doesn't know that she's actually getting fucked yet. Maybe exactly. she, maybe he thinks she's just like getting a hand job. So like basically, what we should explain: he kills the maid, and he's trying to like hide the maid's body like in some bags and shit. And that's when his wife comes home after getting fucked all night by who knows who. Um, and like he's like hiding. I assume it's just he, Peter Stormer. I, I assume it's just, it's just Peter. Peter Stormer. Yeah, it probably is just Peter Stormer. But I don't know. I see her going out for younger guys too. Because I mean, I know Peter Stormer has a big dick in this movie, but uh, I could see her wanting like more guys too. Like I she, hope. She's probably yeah. like one of those chicks on Reddit that has like the account where she goes on and brags about how many guys uh, she cheats with on her husband or whatever. But, I fucking, uh, not only do I want to have sex with her, knowing that she just has sex with Peter Stormare makes her hotter to me. Yeah. I want to fucking, I want to swim in his stew, if you know what I mean. I mean, I would do it because like the packaging is so hot, but I would, I would for the first time in like 30 years, I would wear a condom. Just not, because I wouldn't want his uh, his semen on my skin personally. I would eat her ass. She wouldn't even have to wipe. Wouldn't even have to wipe. Just the dookie like falls right out under your tongue, or what? Exactly. Fucking, I'm that. I trust her that much with Peter Stormer. Look how cool his Mustang is. Like, why did he steal this fucking car? I mean, they should have fucked in the car. Yeah, like to showcase the car. Like, I, I love that, by the way. That it's like not only she's cheating on him, she's cheating on him at work. I know. She she <laughs> goes like, to. Every fucking thing that could make you just fucking crush you and shit like that. She goes Everybody. to where he works to uh, fuck. Uh, I like how she parked on the sidewalk, too. That was obviously not a parking lot. They're not even on the clock. They just went to work to fuck. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. They should have fucked in uh, Henry's uh, office or whatever. That'd be the best thing to do. Yeah. If you were Peter Stormare and you could do that, don't yeah. lie. I mean, you do it. I mean, if, like, I don't think that would be like my kink or whatever. Like, to me, just a hot chick is a hot chick. But if you are going to like, like, fuck the guy's wife at the job, like, you, like, why fuck on your desk? Go fuck on his, you know? Fucking, if you're that much of a chad, the fucking, uh, the, it, it would just pay too much to be fuck. You, you got to be an asshole, fucking. Uh, and, and, there's nothing else to be if you're Peter Stormer. I would fuck her in front of the bruiser sign, though, because it's pretty cool how it has, like, that pink lighting on it. It looked really cool, like, fucking in that pink light. I love seeing him in the boxers. Fucking, yeah. uh... She walked... Uh, Courtney Cox caught him in the act. Yeah. Two-time in her. Fucking, he was cheating, too. Fucking, uh... 
asshole. Which, which, in in what fucking uh, Marvel comics multiverse of madness would fucking Dino Velvet and Courtney Cox get married? Like, how are they ever a happily married couple when just the whole movie he's running around going, "I want Jenny, I want to put my fucking salami in a jar." Like, if that guy acted like that all the time, like, how would you even get to like the second <laughs> or third date, let alone marry a fucking person like that? Okay, does does he just have so much money that they put up with it? Is it is it playing on that too? Fucking uh, all the insecurities. People like fucking oh fucking she she dates the Chad with the fucking the more money the better car fucking all that shit. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's weird though. Like like you know speaking of these types of like like I mean I don't condone cheating obviously like you know it's not a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you're going to do it, like, I don't understand the women that, like, they do have to do the disrespectful shit. Like, they have to have, like, the sex in the in the same bed she sleeps in her husband. Like, they got to, like, do, like, the extra, like, pissing on the carpet type fucking finale. Like, like isn't just mm-hmm. getting a new dick enough? You know, because, like, the only downside of being married forever is, like, you can't fuck any new people. And it's, like okay, you're getting the dick, you're getting the sex, like, whatever it is you want. Like, do you have to be insulting about it at the same time? That's the level that, like, that's actually the real, like, like, I don't even think, like, wanting the new dick is really that deprived, but just, like, the extra level of, like, the play acting that goes around it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder how common that is. Yeah. I'm not sure. I wonder if guys do it, too. I'm sure, I'm sure. There's probably fucking... <clears throat> like like probably their wife is real boring so like they cheat with like a like a super slutty floozy and then they're like oh fuck you in the minivan oh fuck you in the house or whatever exactly. when you can just go to like i'd rather just go to a strange cheap hotel and spray them on my coom over there that way i don't have to clean it up i just leave true <clears throat> true we just saw him kill the first person yeah he killed his wife well, that's, oh, not, that's not the first person. That's the second person. Second person. He killed the maid. Yeah. I, I can't see it very well. It's dark. <laughs> I can tell. He's he's wearing sunglasses in a really dark room right now. <clears throat> yeah. In, in my version, he hasn't killed her yet. He just popped out wearing the sunglasses. But uh... okay. Tell I like, me I like how he pops out and he says, "He says, what's the matter? Are you shocked by my appearance? Look at me. Look at me. he's proud of his cane face in this part." Exactly. See, my version's the fucking gimped version. I got to get the fucking rated X. Yeah, <laughs> the lions get rated X. Hell yes. It, but it, yeah, I fucking I was surprised. Like I remember the first time I watched this, and it's probably because I was younger. Fucking, I was like, fucking, I don't remember it being this good. I don't remember yeah. it being this. Uh, well, the first decent, half is great. Really. Yeah, the first half is like really good. Exactly. Like he's actually scary, like when he's killing people in the beginning. This is actually uh, one of this is probably the best uh, Crow sequel. Yeah, it's probably actually better than the Crow. I would say. Fucking, it's definitely better than the Eddie Furlong one. Yeah, like the Eddie Furlong. Like I have the DVD box set of the first three, and I think the Furlong is like part four. And like I never felt the need to go pick up the part four. Like you, you know. know what is the thing is, is the second movie's so bad too. It's just like really the second one's my favorite one out of all of them. You think so? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. I, I, I remember, I remember not. Re- I remember it not being memorable to me at all. Yeah, it's got some generic stink. You know, I think the DVD version is like the director's cut, so it's like a little better. It makes a little sense. But but they did do a much longer. It was one of those things where Harvey Weinstein was Harvey Scissorhands, and he oh, chopped yeah. out like 30 minutes of the story. 
But like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's pretty fucking cool. I mean, it, to me, it's the most comic booky feeling one of them all. If okay, we're gonna have like, that, his wife have... just got hung on on my on the real version. I keep saying my version on the real version. Oh yeah, on the version okay. that didn't come from fucking Czechoslovakia. <laughs> 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 we ain't even going to get to talk about the misfits because by the time I get to it in, in my cut, like you'll be fucking. Talking, talking. When, like, when, when your version ends, I just want you to turn off your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, I'll, the last 20 minutes of the movie, I'll just be fucking doing it by myself. You know what's so funny is my fucking... But there's something wrong with my microphone stand, and it keeps fucking drifting down, and I was sitting here fucking... Mm-hmm. My head basically in my lap. <laughs> what's five minutes watching this video? <laughs> Fucking Peter Sturmeris there is like, what's the matter? I can't get it up a fucking salami. Oh, Rosie, Rosie. Oh, my God. I I naturally started gravitating toward my dick. I always try to suck my own (laughs) dick when I see that scene. I always do it every single time. Could you imagine, like, you know how there's, like, plastic surgeon doctors who are like, oh, this guy specializes in giving you a new nose. This guy do breast implants. (laughs) There was a doctor who was like, I just take ribs out so you can suck your own dick. Hell yeah. They need to make a reality show out of that. Yeah. Fucking give that motherfucker a reality Fucking show. Fucking Zazzle will cash in on his junk reality empire with that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the so uh, Henry, he, he hears somebody creeping around after he just threw his wife out the uh, the window and hung her and shit. Yep. And they, like, he sees his co-worker, he discovers him, and like the guy doesn't know it's Henry because he's the face. Actually, they set it up, he doesn't even really know Henry that well, he's just seen him around the office a little bit. But, you know, Henry's like, oh, I'll spare you, whatever. And But then later, Henry's like, I don't know, I might have to kill this guy so I can get away with all this shit. It's like, dude, it's like, once you get on the, first of all, once you kill your wife, like, nobody ever gets away with killing their wife, no matter how good you are at it, let alone just running around with a white face on, like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Motherfucker, he uh, he can never listen to that uh, Guns N' Roses song again. I used to love her. Remember that song? Yeah, but he had a kid. I- now, here's the weird part where, like, that split second where he looks in one mirror and part of the mask is ripped off his face, but then he quickly looks in another mirror and he's full cum face again. Like, I never understood what that was supposed to be. Exactly. Now, this, this, this is where you can tell Peter Sturmer is making up all his dialogue as he goes. He's freaking out. The cops are like, sir, sir, did you have anything to do with this woman? He's like, no, no. Oh, oh. He's like, he's like, there's witnesses. Don't tell you I didn't do it. I didn't kill this woman. Look, there's a guy playing the saxophone over there. Oh, my God. He's fucking blind. Oh. <laughs> I forgot that. And, and then later when fucking big, big cock stud number three fucking Tom Atkins shows up and goes like, Maybe it was your wife. The dame was hanging around the office while you're fucking uh, this other woman. And he goes, Oh, no, Rosie. Not my darling Rosie. She would never. You're saying Rosie? Oh, you'll never. Like, he's so fucking hysterical. It's like, it's like, dude, you're this big cock stud who fucks all these women, like, on tables and shit. Like, do you have any fucking testosterone in your body? Like, why are you fucking so hysterical right now? It was showing the. It's li- like I'm not kidding. It's literally like some Tommy Wiseau shit in the room where fucking he's going crazy and the the girlfriend slaps him and says, "Why are you so hysterical?" Our boy, our boy George Romero was in. He knew it, dude. He, <laughs> he fucking did. all those Andrew Tays are the most fucking insecure motherfuckers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they literally are. <laughs> they are. 
<laughs> fucking, if you gotta fucking, like, I mean, if you want to drive it to, like, whatever, like, you drive a Bugatti, like, that's your business. But if you have to brag, like, you teach a course to tell people, like, if you want women, get a Bugatti. Like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look who it is. Yeah, or big dick uh, Tom Atkins. He basically shows up playing the same exact character. He plays it again in that From... Nicolas Cage movie, Drive Angry, as well. Yeah, fucking, uh, he played this character <laughs> in... What, what police departments have 80-year-old homicide detectives? <laughs> exactly. All of them. It was funny, because, like, we were watching Halloween 3, like, when we were on vacation in the hotel room, and, um... And, uh... And Boo said, he's not a... In Halloween 3, she goes, he's not a cop? I was like, no, he's a doctor. He just wants to solve the mystery of who's making the mask. She's like, that makes no sense. I always thought he was a cop in this movie. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. What if he added his contract that he couldn't play a cop <laughs> every single time? Which is funny because I, I, I could be wrong, but I swear to God, I thought I heard an interview with him a long time ago where he said he worked for the Pittsburgh Police Department. I could be wrong, but I thought he did. Exactly. He he just gravitated, fucking. Uh, he just looked like a cop. Because even Night of the Creeps, he played the fucking cop in that. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I know he just played the drunk alcoholic dad in Creep Show, but like for the most part, outside of Creep Show and Halloween Three, like he always played a cop. What if he was basically always that friend that people didn't want to talk about doing shady shit around because they always thought he was a cop? Yeah, yeah. And and he realized <laughs> that and he's like, damn, I do look like a cop. I should be go to Hollywood and try to make yeah. a movie. That's probably what happened. I, I feel like Tom Atkins is like, and don't get me wrong, I like the guy. Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not shitting on the man's acting talent or anything, but this whole thing about how he's a big fucking stud because he fucked that young girl in Halloween 3, and it's like, that was like one movie out of 20 he did. <laughs> oh, is there some uh, drama going on with him I didn't even know about? Well, there's not drama, just everybody, like, he's like the horror Chuck Norris. Like, they make all these t-shirts that talk about how he's a stud and a heartbreaker and all this shit. It's like, why does he have oh, that yeah. reputation for being a stud when, like, in one fake-ass movie, he fucked some young girl who may or may not have been a sex robot. We don't even fucking know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, not even real sex. Yeah, not even real sex. What was it? There's a there's on YouTube. There's a shit I forget what it's, it's called like grippy or some shit. And it's basically like a bootleg flashlight, and they never actually show it on the commercial. But like, I'll be working, I'll have a YouTube video playing, I'll go to the commercial break, and this five minute commercial, and they'll show a guy like they'll be like he, they're like this is Joe, he works for the company, and they just show him from like the chest up, and it's supposed to be like he's whacking off with it. Have you seen I think this I saw commercial? That, yeah. yeah, it's so fucking I think what's so funny is that i don't remember it like it just it's vague and i, yeah. I think i remember it. like we we're, we're bombarded with that much kind of like weird fucking uh content on a daily basis now so um i guess we'll do the first whatever of our misfits list because henry's just cleaning up uh the crime scene of he's cleaning he out all the, the calm yeah he's all, 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 his the, calm. all the like he killed her and the blood was there but he's not really worried about that he's worried about the calm so yeah, yeah, like so like my list is like half Glenn Danzig songs, half Michael Graves songs. I figured we were only gonna do Danzig. Well, it makes no sense though, because he's not in the movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why would we only do Danzig when he's like not in the movie? Because because I figured you were, you're like the the hardcore punk rock historian. No. He's not gonna want to do fucking. No, rock. I got I got into the Misfits by going to see them when uh, Michael Graves was the singer. Okay. That's there. I guess we should talk about first before we talk about our favorite songs. How did we get in the Misfits? I did. It was 1999. I was 
uh, living on campus, and my boy Phil Dees, who I already knew, he was like, he went to see the Misfits every time they came around, because they always came around once a year, and he went and saw Gore every time they came around. So, like, me and him went to see the Misfits, and I got into it, and we were just hanging out, you know, like, you know, a few weeks before the concert, and, you know, afterwards, we just started listening to Misfits all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I got into them by going to see them live, and they were awesome, and uh, wanting to hear the old songs, of course, and... um this was uh, when I saw him. It was uh, it was ninety nine. So it was it was yeah. It was when Famous Monsters was coming out. Uh, I don't even know if it was out the first time I saw. Him. I know it was out the second time I saw him. But um, but yeah, and like at that time, the song that actually got me into the Misfits was actually Where Eagles Dare. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just like hanging out with Phil D's, and we'd be always in his car and shit, listening to this shit. So so I was like, uh, you know, in my early twenties or whatever, uh, in college. Like, how about you? When did you get into Misfits? Fucking, I think probably like sixth or seventh grade, and it was probably like the Jackass soundtrack. Oh yeah, hybrid moments probably. Yeah, it was just one of my favorite songs. Yeah, it is a fucking awesome song. It's fucking it. It it seemed like it was kind of a. It's it's not one that gets mentioned a lot. No, it's not one that comes to mind right away. If you're gonna scream, scream with me. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, like one. it didn't make my list, but a song I really—I mean, there's a billion songs that this like this list was hard to make. Like I could make a top fifty fucking Misfits songs, but um, like the Bruiser song, they made a few songs for this. Like uh, Michael Graves wrote one called "Fiend Without a Face," which I think that's what the movie should have been called: "Fiend Without a Face," not fucking Bruiser. Um, it just sounds like it's such a classic horror thing. And then Jerry only wrote one called Bruiser, and like. Yeah, I really like Bruiser, like the lyrics and just the way it sounds. It has the modern kind of rolling fucking guitar riff sound that I really liked of, the, of that later era Misfits. Um, oh, yeah. Fucking uh, our boy, uh, what did he call himself? Fucking, uh, his name's Doyle. Doyle Wolfgang Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you call himself? Wolfgang? I have the doll from the 90s. I never got the Jerry Only one, but they made a Jerry Only doll and a Doyle Wolfgang doll, and I got the Doyle Wolfgang one. He was my favorite member of the Misfits. I like how cool he looked when he was playing guitar. Fucking, he hit those strings super fucking hard. Yeah, and banged on them and shit. Yeah. So, like yeah, so, I mean, my top ten of Misfits songs is really not in order, and it's like, if I really thought about it, I could do whatever, but, you know, swap different ones in and out, but uh, number ten, this is kind of like a, a nostalgic thing, because this was, I don't know if it still is, but at the time we got in, or I got in the Misfits, uh, Phil D's, this was his favorite Misfits song, and, I, and like, I got into it too, but number ten, I got Ghoul's Night Out. That's a good one. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Uh, what do you get, what do you got on your list? Name one of yours. Fucking uh, mine's not in order either. Fucking uh, yeah, it's impossible to. I love Last Caress. Oh yeah, that's, that's fucking one that people. I got something to say. Fucking, my favorite part of that song is the last part. Uh, one last caress. One last caress today. Fuck it, he's doing his uh fucking. He's he's basically bootleg Elvis. Yeah, he is. Pretty much. But fucking it's cool. But like fucking uh you see that video that dropped recently of Elvis talking to somebody backstage and he's like fucking uh somebody had a camcorder and he was like, Oh, that lady get good head. I, I that did, lady, that's fucking hilarious. Tell you, <laughs> he's like, you, oh. That lady get good head. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like, Oh yeah, that lady get good head. 
Fucking now all the Elvis impersonators can't be saying that whenever yeah, they're man. doing their impersonation. I'm going to give you a head. I want to give you a head. Oh, she gave you a head, bro. Uh, n- number nine. This is my favorite song off the American Psycho, the comeback album. Um, Dig up her bones. I really like yeah. that song. Like the way the, the guitarist is in the in the 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 uh, what do you call it, the chorus where he's like, "Is it the way back out or the way back in?" And just like it's just a cool fucking song. Exactly. Fucking. Uh, it's a it's a fun one. Fucking. I can't get down my, my own. own. So yeah, it's like every time I hear that shit, it's just like fuck, it's so good. You, you just remember the eighties and fucking hanging out back back in the day, going to school, fucking Halloween time, getting your fucking trick or treat shit going. Well, that's not even eighties. That's like mid nineties when that song came out. Fucking okay, I'm retarded. <laughs> Why are you so high? <laughs> exactly. Why? <laughs> Why do you snort dry cum before we record? Exactly. It's the only way I can fucking get in the zone now. I'm just technically this is me on Adderall too. I'm fucking the I really? might fucking I found out I had ADHD and all that. Like shit recently? Happened. I do. Like, like, like how did that come about? Because you were studying for school and it was like hard or what? I was fucking uh basically I realized all the shit that I was was there from the beginning but I didn't notice. Like fucking the Sitting there for hours, not being able to focus on the shit. Is that why uh, you always thought you were like slightly autistic? Is that what it was? Hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, fucking shit like that. That's shit like weird. that. Fuck. It's like that has similar things and all this shit. You're fucking cross-referencing. You're getting on uh fucking uh internet MD or whatever and fucking Web diagnosing MD. yourself. Yeah, exactly. I might have to go get a, a prescription for it because like I can't fucking concentrate on work anymore. I'm so bored with it. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the next one you get on your list, BB? Fucking uh, let me look for one to say. Fucking, I I love fucking uh Queen Wasp go. the Queen Wasp go. Oh. Is that one of the, like the Earth AD songs or whatever? It's one of the Earth AD songs. Yeah, those like I I like that. I don't like dislike that album, but like those songs like they kind of all blend together to me. Like they're I don't not really... as they're not as fun and no. cartoonish and uh, it's more of a thrashy. Yeah, like I, I wonder who like got into that, like because like I like Dan's a claim to always be like the main songwriter and shit, but like I wonder why they went in that direction, like who pushed that musical direction? Because like when Danzig uh, started Sam Sam Hain after the Misfits broke up, like he kind of went back to like more like old school Misfits sound. He did. He uh, I remember hearing in an interview that he said basically that was like him trying to breathe like the last dying breath in the band. He's like, fucking, he didn't like the direction they were going. He's yeah. like, fucking, we're going to try to save it with this. Like, maybe, maybe he didn't like the cartoony direction, but it's fucking, yeah. it's Cartoony hard to direction is what's called. We, we, like, when I say there's not a whole lot, like, Henry dumped the maid's body in the thing, and now he's trying to go to Dino Velvet's house to warn Rosie because the cops are going to try to pin the murders on her for some reason. And, like, literally, there, I'm not kidding, there was a scene of, uh, Peter Stormell are on the toilet taking a shit and snorting cocaine at the same time. That was like an actual Chad. scene in this movie. What a fucking king. Yeah, like, I, I thought he said this, but I'm seeing it with the subtitles now. When uh, uh, Big Dick Tom Atkins comes to the question, Dino Velvet, he's like, 
he says the whole burning uh, Kentucky. I don't put the salami in the chickies, if you know what I mean. I was just like, he's just like ram. I mean, I guess it's appropriate because he's supposed to literally just have taken a shit and snorted some coke. But like, he's just like spouting nonsense at this fucking point. <laughs> he's like so incoherent. He's fucking. He blew himself. Re- highly regarded. You know what I mean? <laughs> he did. He did. Exactly. Fucking. We, we we didn't mention yet that our boy he's now going undercover. He's fucking up. He put on a baseball cap to try to kind of shield his face. Yeah, he painted, he, he painted his face like cream colored, like skin colored. But it he tried weird. to take. He tried to put a fucking makeup on like a woman wears makeup, yeah, the, the skin foundation. And you try to put it on over his makeup, and now he just looks fucking insane. Yeah, he looks even crazier than when he had a white cum face. Exactly. It, that stands out more. It looks literally like you're wearing peanut butter on your face, you fucking idiot. Why'd you do that? <laughs> peanut. Then he becomes peanut butter face. Fucking moron. Yeah. I, I don't. I hate this motherfucker. I. You know, I'm starting to really despise this main character now. I don't like him anymore. Well, th- this is kind of when the movie starts falling sure. apart a little bit. Is like they're like the cops are questioning uh, fucking Dino Velvet's wife and shit, and um, and like it are just you... it, like it all sounds like improvised dialogue. Like it's not really strong. It's not really focused, and it's just like and then like Romero let them like talk say all these like nineteen forty words like dame and all this but like it just comes off as a like, really fucking phony and like I, yeah I, I, I noticed he called. He called her a dame here. I was like, "Fuck yeah. it, that, that, that stood out." Like, I know that's a dame. Yeah, just, we don't know. That could be a dame. Right, it could be a dame in the fucking photo. But yeah, like the police have the video footage, so they see he does have a real came face. Yeah. So basically, they're uh, implying that fucking like uh, he he's basically a. Uh, it's gonna take him a little longer now because they yeah. thought like, oh, it's a guy who's got his face painted. Oh, that yeah. could be a woman. We don't know. Yeah, it so. could be. And it, it doesn't. Be, they're it, buying our boy time. Maybe that's why the chick has uh, Courtney Cox has such chopped off hair to make it seem like oh, like the bruiser guy could be like anybody, you know, a woman or whatever. I guess if you want to believe that, that, like the the face, the white face isn't actually there, it could be in his mind. Maybe we're 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 just seeing it from you know the movies. Maybe they still don't see any of that. He looks like Ben Stiller there. He does something about him right there, fucking. But Ben Stiller's cool. The next the next song on my list is uh, old school. I like Teenagers from Mars. I like the opening guitar riff and the chorus. Teenagers from Mars and we don't care. Teenagers from Mars and we don't, we care. don't care. We don't care. We, we don't, don't fucking care. care. We don't care. We don't care. How come there's not more like bands that like when they record their albums now they just don't fucking sing like that? Like like one take, get it done. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly, just fucking all in there together. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna drop bullet, baby. Oh yeah, bullet. I was really into bullet. Like the fucking the opening of that song is so fucking good. Fucking it, it kicks major ass. Mm-hmm. And and the fucking single cover for that. Oh, it's just, so good. Yeah, they took a picture of fucking. Uh, jfk and, and put the fucking blood or whatever behind it. it's like fucking how do you do that how you get away with that they yeah. did it i used that in one of my early student films during a chase scene and it worked very good that song like you a foot can't. like a foot chasing we were chasing each other around but uh th- that song it starts out talking about uh, uh kennedy getting his head shot from the sniper and shit 
But then it takes a, a an oddly uh, weird turn about halfway through with the lyrics, which I think that's the real reason why you uh, like that song, right? That is my favorite part of the song, actually. I, yeah. I like the first part, but I, I like that part yeah. more, where he just goes on the weird sex fantasy. Yeah, about Jackie Onassis. <laughs> and uh, he says, you gotta suck, Jackie suck. Uh, and he says something about the desert, and he says, my cum will be your life source. <laughs> I want that tattooed on my body. What, my cum will be your life source? My cum will be your life source. And the only way to get it is to is suck. To suck. Oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Masturbate me. Masturbate me. <laughs> Master, fuck a great lyric. Like Glenn Danzig fucking he is a road scholar for writing that shit. What's funny too is if I listen to that song like at work and it's on the radio. Yeah. It's like, do they notice he says masturbate me? Because it's yeah. like I, I think I did. Me. Like everything else is kinda hard to make out what he's saying because it's just like yeah. you don't understand like it, it's like you gotta read the lyrics to really know that shit. I know. But like Master Baby sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, my my cum will be your life source is pretty, pretty blatant. You think so? Yeah, it's like my cum be your life source. Like he gets mumbly after that, but yeah, he says my cum will be your life source. Pretty fucking clear. Well, it's gotta be. It's gotta be mumbly because he's doing the Elvis voice, baby. Yeah, he does. She gets good head. American Nightmare was the one where he really went full Elvis. I think. What a king! That's on my list. Is it awesome? Uh, next one on my list is uh, I'm doing this in the dark, so I gotta keep pulling out my phone. Is uh, oh, this is one like I just this is the one I've kind of got into more recently, even though it's old as shit. I mean, I always liked it, but I really got into now. But uh, number seven, skulls. Hell yeah! And it's like I like it because it's one of those ones that's so simple. But I really like the beginning part, and then like the rest of the song doesn't sound anything like it. Where he's mm-hmm. like, it's all hang out, buddy, and lives. Well, that, that was no surprise. Huh? like devil's rain. We'll bathe tonight. And then it just like mm-hmm. goes into the rest of the song, which sounds nothing like the the intro, which I think that's cool. Like when a song does that. Exactly. Fucking, they're getting all progressive yeah. with their shit. Fucking, uh, going through journeys. I know. They're like too old now. Like in the 2000s, uh, that Franz Ferdinand song, Take Me Out Tonight, like I never liked them and I don't even like the majority of the song, but I, I like the big, I like the intro of that song. Every time I heard the intro, like the beginning of that song on the radio, I was like, oh, this is going to be a cool fucking song. And then it just stops and gets real repetitive and stupid. Squat, squat. Yeah, squat, yeah. Like it's cool. It's like the way it starts out is like, and if you love me, we'll say, but then all of a sudden it goes, take me out. And it gets like real fucking cartoony and lame. Okay, it started out like more fucking uh, yeah. theater rock. Mm-hmm. Like fucking, he was the killers or something over here. It's, yeah, like it started cool, like it had testosterone, and then it had lots of estrogen at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the titties. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I guess we'll go halfway through our yeah. misfits. We should say too, he's getting revenge on the guy, his friend who stole all his money from him. And it's pretty clear cut. It's like he's actually using a gun. He's threatening them and shit, and he shoots him in the leg. And then then the the guy has a gun in his briefcase, and they shoot at each other. But he kills his friend. But we'll it go is. halfway through our misfits list, and we'll put it out, put it away, and then we'll finish it up at the end during the end credits or something. It is very much like a fucking classic revenge kind of. But yeah. that, it's literally like the crow. Yeah, I was the fucking uh, that was the the crow joke, fucking. Uh, and it, I was gonna make the point that like I never thought that any of the crow sequels lived up to the first one. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why it was so easy to say this is my favorite Crow sequel. And I think if they marketed it as a Crow sequel, like if they put it out in Canada mm-hmm. as like Crow uh, Vengeance. If Crow, gonna... Crow Rebirth, because he's reborn with a white face instead of the clown makeup. Exactly. I thought the exactly. Crow shit was funny that like because that was very specific like of the guy in the first movie. And, like, they kept, like, writing their way, like, really bizarre to explain the clown makeup. So, like, the first one, it's, like, what was his album cover? Like, he had that mask hanging in his apartment. That's why he painted himself like that. And then the second one, they're, like, oh, the little girl from the first movie, she's here now. And she just thinks that any crow that comes back should have this paint. So then she paints it. And then the third one, the guy got killed in an electric chamber. So he didn't actually have makeup on. Like, he had scars on his face from the electric chair. Not mm-hmm. like the mask, and then like then like I can't remember how Eddie Furlong explained his crow makeup, but it was just it was more and more ever reaching horseshit as the series went on. If I ever make one, it's going to be uh, that uh, he he's like a, a Bozo the Clown type of guy yeah. at, at a kids show. Yeah, oh yeah, like a, yeah, and he's like a red wig that like comes out the sides. Exactly. Then you just you just get to, or he's a juggalo. Then you just get to call him a clown. Like I guess they never had the balls to do it. But how come they just didn't do one like about a woman who got like gang raped and murdered? Because that seems like that would be like the most classic revenge story of all the like revenge movies, like spit on your grave type things. You know what I mean? Exactly. Those classic revenge films. Yeah. Fucking and the fucking uh, the Death Wish films. They always raped. His uh, daughter or his wife. That was you, always you know, like you know what's weird thing. to think about? Like you know how like when you're a kid and like you'll jerk off to like anything sexual on TV because like you don't have access to porn. So any like movie. Because I remember like me and my buddies like we didn't like sit around and jerk off to it, but we would constantly sneak out and like uh, somebody on VHS had the movie Stripes and there's like a scene where they're spying on the female cadets and like they have big soapy tits in the shower. <laughs> so like we like we didn't stroke off and like we weren't like that like you know borderline gay or anything, but like. But you, but you know, how, like when you're a kid and you're by yourself, and just anything sexual on TV, you would, like whack off to. Like, it's 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 kind of frightening. But for some kid somewhere, like when Death Wish or something was on and those rapes, like it was like, probably like the only thing they had to jerk off to. That's fucking dis- you know disturbing. Mm, I would that, that I would just not jack off if that was all I had to get off to. Well, well, what's funny? Though, yeah. what's like, funny well, maybe was... you could like pause it and just see the boob, but like try to not pretend yeah. like a rape was going on. <laughs> Like that's what's so funny is like when you're a kid, like porn was hard to get, yeah, so like you would literally like anything you had. Like if you had, I remember like fucking Titanic, mm. the ending of the of tape number one, and then you just rewind it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was that was something to go to. At least James Cameron was keen enough to leave it towards the end of the tape, so you kind of knew where it was. Like, yeah, yeah. We're talking over the part where the, our guy's getting a blowjob in the pool and you can't see anything on my copy. Yeah, you're way, way ahead of me. To me, he, he just got out of the police station, the witness guy that he worked with. Okay. Yeah. And, like, also, too, like, the newspaper, like, gets a, a still of his white face and they put out Faceless. Like, that would have been another good title for the movie, Faceless instead of Bruiser. Hell yeah. Yeah, this Faceless. girl's really talented, though. She's in the hot tub giving the guy a blowjob underwater. And I've heard of women that could do this, but I don't even know how they would do it. Like, maybe it's just like an urban myth, or maybe no woman can really do it. But if a woman could actually give you a blowjob underwater, that's pretty amazing that, like, you could, like, like suck yeah. and, like, like not breathe in any water. You know what I mean? Uh, fuck, is that just, like, a weird fantasy that they, like, Yeah, I wouldn't even want that, movies? like, really. Yeah, yeah it was like, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't feel good. Or no. be 
what would be yeah possible it's like Wait. they, they have they have to breathe wouldn't it be funny if the guy was like this doesn't even feel good and he just he's like he's like move out of the way and he just fucking went and stuck his dick in like the jets of the hot tub <laughs> the, the pressure of the water just shooting into his fucking dick hole at 180 miles per hour I've, I've never done it because the only time i've only been in a hot tub like once or twice like on vacation like in public but i've heard kids and i've heard people say that that like yeah guys would just stick their dicks in the jet like like push their hard dick into like the jet and like it's pushing out on you so it's like i don't know what it really feels like but like i don't think it will feel like a blowjob because it's not a suction it's just like pushing or whatever but like yeah i, I heard of fuckers doing that I, I remember when i was a kid I, I took a cup of water while i was taking a bath and poured it directly on my pee hole and fucking i i stared at it while it was happening and my <laughs> pee hole opened up and it looked like fucking the abyss like it was just a big black dot <laughs> it and it fucked you it like fucking blew my mind. I never did that again. <laughs> <laughs> you're too scared. You're afraid you're gonna open up a portal uh, to another dimension with a fucking hole in your dick. As funny as I was a kid, it probably didn't even open up that much, no. but it just seemed like fucking super shocking as a kid. We're talking over the parts where he's caressing fucking war paint onto his face. <laughs> yeah. You know what I was gonna mention? The, the best acting though <clears throat> is that chick who the model in the hot tub when she saw the the bruiser standing there by she stands up. And she goes, come here and come take a look, you pervert, because pretty soon you're going to have to pay to see me on the cover of a magazine. Like, this is like the fucking mm. worst acting I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't so, remember. so fucking bad. You know what I was going to mention whenever he had, like, just hit, like the skin tone yeah. face going on? He was doing skin tone face. Uh, he, from the side, because it was, like, real super dark. And yeah. he... He just shot the guy, and he was kind of like backing up. He yeah. looked just like fucking our boy Kevin Bacon did in Hollow Man when he yeah. fucking he had the weird skin tone shit on his face. Yeah, yeah, he he put like a rubber mask on that. It was a skin tone. Yeah. What that's do you actually, think that, of Hollow Man? I, I think, think it's it, really good. Like I bought, I saw it in the theater. I bought the DVD. I watched the, I, you know, back in the DVD era. I watched it a bunch of times. I remember. I remember, I remember it's so fun. Yeah. This is kind of funny too. There was a girl when I worked at the video store. There was a girl that worked there, and uh, like everybody was trying to get her or whatever. And like the one, and she came over to my house a few times where there's like groups of people, you know. And um, she, I got her to come over this one time, just me and her. And it was like she totally like sat on the opposite side of the room, which was fine, like whatever. I mean, she came over to my house to watch a movie. Like I didn't, you know, fucking like if something was gonna happen, it was gonna happen. But you know, it didn't, whatever. But we mm -hmm. went to like my bedroom and to like where my DVD rack was, and like I don't know how we like whatever, but I had that DVD, and that's what we picked out to watch. Like me, I mean, I want to call her a stranger because like I knew her, but me and mm -hmm. this girl who were like, I mean, we were flirting all the time, but like what I didn't know at the time was I didn't actually have a chance because um, she because she was more interested in going on dates with our married boss but i'll save that for another fucking thing oh, no. so and then i had problems at work because because she was telling him that she was going over to my house to make him jealous or like i actually never had a fucking chance and um oh. so she used me to make my married boss jealous which is just fucking like stupid and then me and him had problems and we almost fucking got in a fight over it. But anyway, like, yeah, we, we fucking watched that movie together alone in my house at like 10 o'clock at night. And uh, the scene came on where Kevin Bacon <laughs> turns invisible so he yeah. can rape a woman. It was Rona Mitra, but so he could rape a woman. And then I remember that girl being like... Uh, be like, oh, gross. Like, why would you, why, why, why we watch this? Like, whatever. I was like, I don't know. Like, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't super awkward. It, like, it kind of was, but I was yeah. just, like, because it she was, like, so it. far away from, like, where I was sitting. Like, she, like my my <laughs> living room at the time was a, was a couch, which is, like, a three-seater couch. So she could have sat at, like, one end of the couch. I could have sat at But she chose to sit in the, the like, chair that was across the thing. So I was just kind of, like, I think it would be awkward if we were sitting, like, right next to each other and, like, you know, like I was getting horny during the rape, but I mean, she was so far away. I was just, I just looked at her and shrugged, like, "What are you gonna do? It's a movie." You know what I mean? Like, like I didn't say this is a movie I've watched ten times, and this is my favorite scene. Did you literally feel like, a, like back when you were a kid and you were watching a movie and a sex scene came on with your parents standing right there? Not, I, I don't know. It's, it, I mean, granted, I'm trying to remember from like 20 years ago because, like, you know, like this was a chick I was trying to get with, but I honestly I wasn't like into her. Like, I liked her; she was fun, but like. I kind of, I kind of thought she was like maybe slutty. I wasn't really sure, so I was like, I wasn't really like emotionally into her. So I was just kind of more just like whatever happens here happens here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, like I wasn't like nervous. Like like if I was like on a date with somebody like I really fucking liked, you know what I mean? And like that was like the first time, whatever. But I mean, I mean, she was cool and everything. Like the only thing she did that wasn't cool was uh, she she told my boss about that shit, which like, you know, like, I mean, if she wanted to go fuck our married boss, like that was her business. I don't care. But like she kind of used me in that way. And like for, when that when that happened and that caused that problem at work and like we like literally because me and him were cool. And like then we started competing for her and it was weird. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever been in because like the thing that sucked is like I had all that drama kind of. And, like, I got nothing out of it. Like, nothing. Yeah. Fucking life. This is the kind of shit you learn throughout life, and then this yeah. movie's better. Yeah, like, if I... If Bruce, because Actually, maybe Bruiser was out already. That time. I can't remember exactly. But I was like, yeah, if I just would have watched Bruiser, I would have known, like, don't end up like Henry. Just fucking paint my face white. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna wake up tomorrow with And then I'll be teaching all these fucking bitches. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna wake up tomorrow covered in cum, and yeah. then, like... It would have been, now that I'm thinking about it, it would have been better if he got a big cock from the fucking... <laughs> from the power of the shit. From the, yeah. What What is the fucking... What is it? We're seeing fucking Chomby from uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure or fucking the show. <laughs> you know, it, not, the, not yet. Okay. I'll fucking, but, but yeah, Chomby or what his name is. Like, Jambi. Did you notice Like that's that's the guy... Who played the butcher zombie in Land of the Dead, and then he also played one of like the people in the mall in the Dawn of the Dead remake. So that fucking dude, like, he's making tons of money off of George Romero related shit. His name's like Tucker or something. I can't remember what his last name is. Like Tucker Barnhart or some bullshit. Zombie. I I think I heard he died recently, (laughs) didn't he? Oh, the real zombie? I didn't know. I didn't hear. I know. I know. Pee Wee Herman died. Yeah, it was weird too because I just watched a brand new movie, like a new Hulu movie that had Pee Wee Herman. I was like, when did they make this fucking movie? I thought he he died. Mm. Fucking, uh, you know, uh, when I watched it last night, I was like, that's fucking zombie. And fucking, uh, my version, the background is just as dark as it was on his little TV when it showed his face. Yeah, that's how it was. Like you probably, you literally didn't see shit during that the part before Zombie opened up the truck. The people are supposed to be like in the dark; they can't see. Mm-hmm. Like even my you, version, that was like so dark. Are you seeing Zombie now? Yeah, Zombie's jo- like taking the the tit eyeglasses off that weird costume. That's right where I was. I'd like to yeah. pause it right when I can see Teddy's. Anyway. Yeah, and uh, and then Zombie's going to get stabbed here, and then he's going to shoot fake blood all over these people's Halloween costumes and ruin them. 
Yeah, Jami just got stabbed right now. It was a good reaction, though, when he got stabbed. And then we're like, holy shit, that Jami's super chad. And then we realize that's Peter Stormare. (laughs) This movie takes place on Halloween, and the third act is a Halloween. Did they mention it being close to Halloween? They never did, never. And the movie's, like, so sunny. There was never any Halloween, like, uh, you know whatever decorations anywhere and like i saw that because i always assumed it was halloween too because i don't even know if they do talk about it being halloween i think this just might be a weird costume party but like Mm. i was just thinking like this movie would have been better if like they would have done it like you know like a halloween movie like how they can never find michael myers because everybody's running around the town wearing michael myers mask like it would have been cooler if like the whole movie would have like instead of all the the middle part of the movie where they're just like running around and he's hiding bodies and the cops are looking for him like mm-hmm. it, if it was like happening on Halloween night and the cops were chasing him and like, you, like they could never catch him because everybody was like in a similar mask, you know what I mean? Yeah, it like uh, <clears throat> it does. It seems like uh, that's probably why I thought like uh, there must have been some kind of story with like reshoots or something because it's just like it. It kind of seems like it. The tone almost changes. Yeah, it gets really goofy during the Halloween party segment. He's walking around. He, for some reason, when I watched this movie the other night, and I swear to God, this actually happened. Uh, the scene whenever earlier, whenever he's in the house and uh, the dog is there, whenever his wife is around walking with her boobies, yeah. and fucking he's hiding, and the dog sees him and almost gives him away by barking. I know. I For some reason, I was thinking... They're like, oh yeah, he he takes that that dog with him, and it's like a sidekick to the rest of the movie. And like, I, I remember like the part with the misfits. He's using the dog to help him. That would have been stuff. fucking awesome. No, yeah, For we're finally reason. seeing the misfits. We also see uh, George Romero's daughter Tina. She's one of the dancers. She's like the more Egyptian dressed one in her costume. Fucking one of these dancers with their titties out. Yeah. Fucking and like uh, everybody's like, like eating like plastic eyeballs too at this party. What do you think that was like? Was that like a fucking Dario Argento type of situation going on with our boy? With our boy I, I don't think so, because it's pretty innocent compared to the shit Dario would do. <laughs> I think his daughter was probably just teenage daughter at the time, so he couldn't stop her from being naked. I don't think he was like demanding it happen the way Dario does. Exactly. And yeah, and then his his wife at the time comes by when when uh. And it's also, too, it's like, it's a Halloween party. Like, everybody's getting drunk, and, like, fucking Tom Atkins really shows his age. She's like, what the fuck's wrong with these people? And George Romero's wife walks around, walks by with a fucking birdcage on her head and goes, what's the fuck wrong with you people? Like, it's just, this is where the movie gets super fucking corny. Like, like I would have cut, like, half these fucking lines out at the beginning of this party. Like, it's just not necessary and stupid. This weird comedic yeah, character that's run, running the projector. <laughs> Or whatever it is. He's, he's like a stoner you would see in like a road trip movie or something. Exactly. Are you seeing him yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Like, it, it's, I know it's coming up soon, but like, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you oh, want to pause it, I'll, I'll let you know when he's coming. Oh, okay, That's... yeah. He's he's walking in to just talk to him for the first time right now. Yeah. This is my favorite character in the movie. I think they yeah. should have cast Polly Shore. Oh, could you imagine? He probably would have come did it, too. Like, it would have been a good fucking... Like, he, no, you could have just stopped. He would have come. Yeah, he would have He would have got called to be a bruiser yeah. back in that. But the point of this scene, they say was there's this uh, part of the lighting show is a super hot laser, hotter than the sun. and like Hell, yeah. It is a weird thing, too. Like, fucking, they got this weird laser in, at a concert, mm-hmm. fucking, uh, that can just kill, they can... 
it's so hot it can shear through people. Yeah. Uh, maybe they do. I don't know. That would be cool. I, mean, I guess we, since this is a Misfits podcast, we should talk about like when they first come into the party, they're playing, I think, Scream, the Misfits song, which is an awesome fucking song. And like, yeah, like this is where like the movie gets heat with me. There's like a fake member of the Misfits that's like not really dressed up like a Misfit playing guitar. And then a guy jumps on stage and this fake Misfit guy starts fighting with him. And like, it's just like the lamest fucking shit. Like, and it goes on forever. These fake wrestlers doing this shit to each other. It's, I like, I get it's part of the show, but like, I don't mm. know. Like, you could at least put a fucking skull makeup on the guy if you want to try to pretend like he was in the Misfits. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it does. What if like fucking? What if they made a a, a really great movie? Like, a, what was that movie where the kids want to go see the band and then like fucking Detroit uh, Rock City? Yeah. Or no, the fucking uh, the the horror one where it's like the fucking the the parents are like fucking we don't want them there and then they they're there and they see that it's like oh they're okay and then they leave and then they all they demon out and oh fucking, yeah Ooh, the black roses or whatever black roses yeah. dude what if we, that... we, here's the bad CGI now George's youngest son I guess Andrew Romero comes in and he's like dressed up and like he's got this staff with this light on it's just supposed to be even in the movie it's just supposed to be a lash like uh, a flashlight and he's shining on people saying dead dead and then like the people working the party grab those people and like take them away to do whatever it's just like mm-hmm. some halloween horror nights type shit but fucking george romero i on this commentary track he was so like amazed that his son could be in this movie shining this flashlight but it's not even a flashlight like it's just a stick and they cgi'd in the flashlight and it looks so yeah. fucking bad that light oh my god it's like what is like what are we watching now fucking looney tunes this is so goofy it's such a weird thing to use CG to do. Yeah, oh, so than just fucking having... weird. I, I never understood it at all. And they even talk, I think they, uh, I'm pretty sure on the, the commentary, they even say, oh, and by the way, that light is not even coming out of the second. I was like, no shit, it looks fucking terrible. <laughs> it looks so fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has to pretend so that all the people that listen yeah. to the commentary that worked on it. Yeah, like, like we're not barfing by fucking, yeah. They don't get really upset. <laughs> wouldn't that be bad if like they were talking he doesn't want to hurt the cgi people's feelings is that what it yeah. is that's i guarantee that's why he didn't want to say it. i guarantee yeah. it this has a very like uh remember that scene from um spider-man sam raimi spider-man where he yeah. goes in and, and the fucking the place is on fire and he's running around going where are you he's yelling but his like fucking mask isn't bothering like he's yeah. not he's not making any syllables yeah <laughs> Remember that where they're like, to count how many syllables you put your fucking hand up to the bottom of your mouth? I can't count those syllables on that motherfucker. Yeah, what was the thing with counting syllables? Why did that ever matter? I remember that part of that is being school. You got to know how many syllables are in words so that whenever you're rapping, you can you can fucking, that, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Fucking if you want to grow up to be fucking iced tea, you got to know how many syllables fit in a line of original gangster. Exactly. Exactly. Fucking that. Would you fucks with Ice T? Oh yeah, Ice T was my favorite rapper for a long time. Oh yeah. We we should do one of his movies and then we can the survive in the game and then we can tell our top ten Ice T movies or survive songs in the or game. whatever. <laughs> this is weird too because like he, like everybody's like running around trying at this party the cops everybody's running around trying to find Bruiser here Henry and like it's like the most like fucking lame chase like everybody's just stumbling <laughs> through the dark like like where is he where is he. Pretty much. 
And uh, you're lucky that you had the dark version because I can clearly tell Tom Atkins' fucking gun is made out of plastic here. And it does. It has like kind of a, a very like fucking low budget like fucking uh this was probably like yeah. shot in one day the whole third act yeah it's like super improvised and not hey, oh here's the CGI bat that flies it toward the camera there's a couple of them they, they look so fucking fake I wonder like fucking uh yeah I wonder if there is any like was is there much trivia about this movie at all not really like I remember like I remember reading about this and like. Because this couldn't get distribution, nobody wanted to put it out, like you know, in theaters and shit. Which I can totally understand why. But um, <laughs> I mean, I like it, but like I, you know, I, could, I, I mean, I'm just saying it wouldn't make money if they would have put it out. Yeah. Like, like Lionsgate should have put it out in the theaters just for like a week or something. But like, yeah, they didn't. But um, yeah, like there's like the funny part here too. Like I can't remember which part it is, but there's a part where like the misfits are thrashing on stage, but the song in this movie is playing is "Fiend Without a Face," so it's like this slow ass song, and you keep seeing them in the background. I think it was actually earlier. Oh yeah, they're actually yeah. playing "Bruiser" now, so they're actually rocking. But before when uh, Tom Atkins was like walking around the crowd, like you hear the song is like "Fiend Without a Face," and then you see M- M- Michael Graves jumping up and down, going ah, fucking head banging. It was so fucking bad editing. But um, oh my god, oh my yeah, god. it's really like yeah, like when we're done, go back and fucking see it. It's it's so fucking ridiculous. I, like, I, I I feel that might be one of those things that my brain has just learned to forgive and yeah. just not notice, like because I know fucking the uh, editing movies, movies. Yeah, yeah, t- they yeah, always continuity and shit. Yeah, they always fuck shit like that up. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like this, the t- just on a technical, like th- what I was gonna say earlier is like on a story line wise like everything that happens at this party like if you read it in the script be like okay it's cool you know he's going around he's setting the party up he's gonna he's basically setting up uh peter stormare to kill him in front of the whole audience like that's a good fucking idea that's like a good fan of the opera type fucking idea which is kind of what they're paying homage to here with Mm -hmm. the third act but it's like there's so much improvised feeling horseshit that goes on leading up to it. And then when he does kill Peter Stormare, like it's like, it's so like anticlimactic. It just happens like out of nowhere. And then that's it. It's like, yeah. And it fucking, it just seems like, uh, poorly executed or fucking, it it just kind of falls flat. And even the misfits, I mean, the misfits, misfits wrote two songs for this fucking movie. And like the way the songs are, like you could have just had the the you know because they're playing in the the concert or whatever, like the party. Like you could have just had that music playing in the background when like Henry was up in the booth and like you know walking through the the shadows and shit. Like you could have totally done all that and done it in an atmospheric way. I mean, you you kind of hear it like just slightly under the soundtrack, like it's in a distance away from the party. But like you could have actually like incorporated it like a score and like gave the movie some mood instead of just fucking have Tom Atkins walk around with a plastic gun and see. CGI bats flying by his head, like you know what I mean. Yeah, because of how dark it is, I I couldn't tell it's a plastic gun. It, it it's so plastic, it looks like those weird like cake competition shows. How they like they make shit look like real life objects, but they make it as cakes. That's what it looked like he was fucking holding. The thing is, is like uh, it seems like whenever um they started like. Whenever they started kind of shooting movies in Canada as a way to kind of uh, save, save money, money, is it, it like there was like a new learning curve? Yeah, that like fucking they had to get used to like there was a, a period of time where you could always tell 
like yeah. when a movie this, was one of those movies. and that's what this movie suffered and i would say really just like that the last act suffers from it like the middle part gets a little draggy where there's like scenes that really could have been cut out or, or at least changed because they don't add much value but it's really the third part like what you're saying like it just has the stink of canada all over it which i don't understand because i mean if you know how to fucking make a movie it shouldn't matter like what fucking country you're actually physically filming it in you know what i mean yeah i wonder if it was like uh a way they were lighting or shooting of the lenses they were using is it was weird they always had a look it it did just like your uh, european films always had a look yeah yeah which is weird because i mean especially like i could kind of see that during the 90s or 80s but like during the 2000s or i mean this movie came out 2000 so i guess technically this is a late 90s movie but they should have been able to finish it in a way where like Tech, on a technical level there you know there should have been no but i know exactly what you mean the cinematography is exactly the fucking same in every canadian shot movie from back then and this movie like isn't it this movie doesn't have a like a low budget feel in terms of like the camera moves and the shot composition it's just like again like i would love to see a blu-ray that's properly color time and shit but really the lasers and shit in this third act and maybe it's just because i'm watching on a fucking dvd but like it just has this hazy cheap cheap look to it yeah and like especially here, where where I guess we should explain the big like finale of the movie. He's he has Peter Stormare get raised up on wires in front of the crowd, and he tells him, "Oh, it's part of the big show, boss, and you're gonna love it." And then he takes that super bright laser, and first he burns his dick off, and then he just shoots it like straight into his forehead. So like the laser beam literally goes in and like you know destroys Peter Stormare's fucking brain. Um, yeah. We we needed to like. This this needed to be the scene where like fucking uh, he he's like a he's like a a puppet for us to uh, fucking lay all that shit on because it's yeah. like <clears throat> the movie's like fuck we gotta we gotta hate this guy we gotta be on your side when you get that revenge baby and yeah. it just kind of happens super quick it's not yeah it's too quick like like there's so much horseshit of people walking around this party going hey this is a weird party these people are like there's more shots of the the fake uh, wrestler guys beating each other up and jumping off stage and doing acrobatics than there was actually the villain of the movie getting killed. Like it, it felt really unbalanced. You, you need them to be able to talk to each other yeah. and uh, like fucking, uh, that needs to happen in a quiet, like it can't happen with like, you know, all that shit you want. That's fucking, there's some shit they need to get off their chest first. Yeah. Almost. And, like, the one thing is, like, once he kills Peter Sturmare, he gets his face back. Somebody's like, hey, Henry. He's like, wait, you recognize me? You see me? You see my face? And, like, this is, like, kind of over-the-top acting, but I like it. I think this is the kind of, like, level over-the-top that actually kind of works for this type of film. Mm-hmm. And the motherfucker, he's got his face back. He, they put his, his face, face back, back on. Like, they took his face off and they put his face there. And then it's like, has this weird ending where all of a sudden the cops are like really dumb and like they can't catch him even though he's right there. Exactly. <laughs> I've never fucking understood it, to be honest with you. Like most movies, the cops are talking to each other and yeah. actually able to hear each other in, yeah. the, in this loud ass club with music going. Yeah. You gotta do shit like that. Yeah. You gotta do shit like that. Yeah. It, apparently, like, yeah, it gets confusing because Rosie puts the mask on and like, Tom Atkins is like, who do I shoot? The man or the woman? I don't know. Who is it? The day? Like, it's just really fucking goofy ending. Mm. Fucking, uh, it, I, I didn't even think about that before. That it might have just been an eyes wide shut type of fucking yeah. like uh, costume party. Well, yeah. they weren't having sex though. Fuck, I don't know why. I, it, I guess eyes wide shut made me think like, fuck, it could have just been. Maybe it wasn't Halloween at all. I, I, I like the idea of thinking that this is a Halloween movie though. 
Yeah, like it, it really could, like a good Halloween night. And then they they bring down Peter Stormare, and somebody's like, "Oh shit, this guy's dead!" And like for some reason, like George Romero's uh, daughter gets fired as a dancer by a zombie. And I was just like, that was like an extra shot just to get your daughter in the movie for like one second yeah. more. Exactly. I noticed while they were panning through, fucking he walks over there. He's like, let, let me do something. And like the, if you listen, and like I listened to it on my computer yeah. in one of the earphones, you could still hear his dialogue. He was still talking yeah. after he was off camera. Right. And like fucking that's how you know like this movie, like if I would have made this movie, he would have stopped talking as soon as he walked off camera. Fucking somebody was better than me to know, like, fucking, you, you give him a couple more lines. Yeah. And I was like, I appreciate shit like that. Yeah. And, then, and I hear Tom Atkins, oh, he got me. He got away good. We'll find him eventually, though. It's my job. But it's just like, what is this corny fucking shit? You were the worst fucking detective in the world. Fucking, all you want to do is walk <laughs> around and say dame over and over. Oh, yeah, I like to say, lady, I've been skunked here tonight, so why don't you help me out? It's like, fucking. Go back to the 1940s where you came, fucking Philip Marlowe. God damn. Exactly. Hey, what do you think of the actual ending of the movie? That okay, the actual ending of the movie after like all this shit, which is don't around even all this corny shit. Like I still like it. It still has some charm. Like it, the movie does unfortunately end more with a fart than a bang. But the actual ending of the movie, I fucking love it, dude. It's so fucking awesome. Even the weird like sim. It's not real big fish, but it's almost like a ska version of Take on Me, which is <laughs> weird because it just should be a misfit song. But I like it. It, it. it ends on like now this like the ending. I always felt feels like a reshoot. Like it shows he's a he's a mailroom guy somewhere and he's like dressed like a hippie and now he has long hair and a ponytail and he's just like he's just being and they actually show his tattoo on his arm i don't i forgot this pointing out earlier but he had terrible makeup on his arm during the house when he was like getting dressed to like cover up his real life tattoo it was like so oh. terrible it was like they covered it up with that foundation and then they put like dots on it to mimic his real life fucking uh uh freckles but yeah like why don't you talk about the ending a little bit more here zach Fucking, it seems like they were trying to fucking set this up as a new superhero yeah. franchise to me. Which I would have been all of fucking about it. But yeah, he's just a mailroom guy somewhere. And uh, he goes and there's like a boss chewing people out for no reason. And he's just looking at him laughing. And the guy's like, hey, you dickhead. What are you Come back here. And like he's just laughing, walking away. He says, hey, you asshole, come back here. And then all of a sudden he turns around and he's got the, the mask back on his face. So it's like... Yeah, like come face again yeah like he got more come face yeah so like he, he seems like all like but i do like it from a storytelling to and this is the is the mass cgi because i've i watched the ending so many times because like you can see the side of his face before he turns around and the, it's not the mass face but then when he turns around all of a sudden the mask is on his face and, and then it zooms in like super fucking janine Crelo, nina uh garbiris fucking stacy of the year of the decade holy shit i bet she's still super fucking hot Played his wife. But, um, fucking, uh, I, when it zooms in, like, yeah, I noticed that too, that there was something kind of weird looking about yeah. the mask. And, the, and, uh, when I hear this version of fucking Take On Me, and I realize fucking there's two fucking punk, like, ska versions yeah. of this song. I fucking know. More basketball than just one, did. yeah. Because Basketball had the, the, the real big fish one. Isn't that so funny? We did both the movies. What are the odds? What if, uh, actually pretty good. <laughs> we master manifested that shit. It is we masturbated our life source. That's exactly. You, fucking, you, you uh... know what? You know what I hate though, because I was like, because the movie ends on such a cool bang with that ending where it zooms in, and it's like yeah, and it starts playing "Take on Me," 
And I'm like, and, t- and by the way, like Take On Me is like one of my favorite songs of all time. So I guess that's another reason why I like it. But like after like after like a minute into the credits, they just cut it off. Like so you lose the adrenaline. They just cut off Take On Me like it fades down super quick. And then it just starts playing some of that boring ass score music. And then all of a sudden it's like. I'm just like, wh- why yeah. do fucking movies do that when they end? Like play the whole song over the credits. Well, like When it's kind of the perfect song to end on, you should play the whole song. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like what the fuck? It's so fucking stupid. I don't know if I if I agree that Take On Me is a perfect song for this movie. For me, it seems a little like kind of weird. I know. I mean, it, it should be like either Bruiser or Fiend without the face. It should be one of the two songs they wrote for the movie. I'm just saying for that shot, like the way it ended all poppy and happy, like it's a good song for that, you know? Yeah. But that, but that's what I was talking about. Like all this, the shit George Romero could have done to make like a cool... I mean, listen, like I love George Romero. He's my favorite director. He made the movie he wanted to make. I'm, I'm not criticizing the guy. I'm just telling you like... It would have been cooler if if the movie was the movie wasn't trying to be cool. The movie was just trying to be whatever fucking movie they wanted to make. But you could have like like it's just frustrating because the bones are there to make a a really good fucking cool movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for a while, this was like his last movie. Yeah, like because it, it took him like, like five years to get Land of the Dead going before he finally came back with the land of the dead this yeah. was his last movie for forever so like i mean i mean i don't know if bruiser played theatrically around the world it didn't in america but like from dark half which i can't i think i want to say dark half was like 93 ish it might have been a little earlier but i think it was about 93 92 93 to all the way to like 2005 i think it was that land of the dead came out i remember land of the dead was such a big deal because i was living with phil d's and my other boy and like me and phil d's went to see it my other boy went to see it with his buddy like it was just like like I wanted to go see it like ten times in the theater. I think I only saw it like once, yeah, maybe twice. I know for sure once, but like, but like, yeah, like fucking. Um, damn, he's still using Donald Rob- Rubenstein music in this. I guess that's where some of that weird jazz music came from. He's fucking still with his old Rubenstein boys even after the divorce. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it should have been like an all Misfits soundtrack movie, and it should have been like hipped up a little bit. But I don't. I don't think I think the Misfits shit was kind of thrown in last minute and it wasn't a priority and obviously it's not like fucking George Romero like was a Misfits fan he just probably got the idea like uh, pitched to him to, you know from the producers or whoever like hey it'd be cool if we put him in and it's like you know he wasn't really committed to the idea all the way unfortunately but I think if they really would have incorporated the music more and made the movie kind of like cooler then yeah like this movie would have been more well remembered because it like nobody just even saw this movie or remembered it, it just snuck out on DVD eventually. Oh, I like Scream. I think that's yeah, a good one. That's Michael a really Graves. good fucking. I, I almost put it on my list, but it didn't make it. But I like the Die Monster Die. I think it was called. Yeah, but Die Monster Die. Forbidden Zone, the the Planet of the Apes song. Are you doing your list, or are you just right? I'm I'm just remembering the ones yeah. I do like. The rest of the ones on my list are the fucking dancing ones. Yeah. What? It, so the movie's over. I guess we should finish up the list. Fucking, I got Astro Zombies. Oh, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's really high on my list. I The next one I have is Descending Angel, which I was like, oh, like I listened to Bruiser like right before it. I was like, oh, I really love Bruiser. But I always thought Bruiser sounded like Descending Angel, like a uh, like just a reworked version of it, and they just redid the lyrics. But yeah, I really like Descending Angel. The, the guitar intro is like really fucking good. I remember liking that one too, yeah. yeah. What's the next one you got after that? I turned into a monster. Whoa. That's probably, of all the whoa songs, that that one probably has the best woes in it. Maybe. Probably, baby. They got so many good woes, though. I know. 
And then number five, I have Forbidden Zone, which like that's just uh, that's probably my mm-hmm. favorite Michael Grazer one. It's just like that opening guitar is just that's when a man began on this wasted piece of land that's yet to show forbidden like that was just like i know people like really didn't like when the misfits came back because they didn't have danzig which like i understand if you like the danzig shit like it was different but i actually like me and phil d's would talk about this endlessly even back then when we would go see him in concert shit like we liked the cartoony like super cartoony 90s version of the misfits like you know what i mean where it's just all about you, like horror it better? Shit. you know i i can't really say i liked it better because i really did like the danzig shit better at the time but like in retrospect like especially as time went on and like all we ever got was those well we got those two misfits albums and then we got cuts from the chris which was like the all the unreleased songs but like yeah, like like I was watching some some concert clips of the the reformed Misfits with Danzig, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Danzig. Danzig's one of my favorite singers, but like I just like Danzig on his own now. Like when he like seeing him sing the Misfits songs now, like it, it I don't know, it's just, it's just just weird. It doesn't like. I don't. Seem... I don't think I've seen any of the footage of him doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's just like I got at least the clips I've seen, and of course they could just be from some of the bad shows or something. But they don't they don't really sound good. There's like not much enthusiasm. Like Danzig seems he's into it, but he's just but it but it's it, but you don't feel like you're watching like Misfits era Danzig. You feel like you're watching Danzig now. Like 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 I've seen clips of like uh before they reformed, like Doyle would just show up as a guest on certain Danzig dates and they would do like three or four Danzig songs during the encore. And like that was actually fucking cooler and like better than like the shit they're mm-hmm. doing now. I don't I don't it just doesn't work for me, like I hate to say. Yeah. But, yeah, I like. I really like that fucking. Uh, you can't find the Sam Hain shit on any of this shit. Like fucking like, on Spotify or anything. I really like the first Sam Hain. It's, yeah, it's I like, like, yeah, I had the Sam Hain. Oh, I still have it somewhere, but uh, I have the Sam Hain box set, and I really got into it. Like really, the first one's basically like uh, the fucking the Misfits. Yeah, sounds... all murder, all guts, all fun. That was like me and me and Phil D's fucking theme song back then. I like Archangel. You know what's really good too is November Coming Fire. November Coming Fire. Silent mm-hmm. Grim. Silent Grim. That's whenever he is. That, that's more Danzig than fucking Misfits. Yeah. yeah. Sam Hain was the branch in between. Fucking, I also got Angel Fuck. Oh, Angel Fuck. <laughs> that is. Uh... Yeah, number four I, I have on my list, I have the song that got me into the Misfits where Eagles Dare, which like the very opening, like the first 10 seconds of that song, just the way it sounds, like the guitar feedback is like, is like we walk through the streets at night. That's the fucking, that, that's so that bass good. riff. That yeah. bass riff. It's so fucking good, dude. It's fucking, they use it for that commercial. Oh, that weird booze commercial. I hated that. Fucking, it made me want to drink that shit. So it was a fucking like Sailor Jerry rum. Some f- the the fucking lamest shit. It, it sounds like the fucking shit you would drink to get drunk at like a Universal theme park at Krusty's fucking Funland or whatever. Oh yeah, I got fucking Wolf's Blood. It's oh, another yeah. fucking Earth AD one. You really like the thrash shit, baby. I'm surprised. Like none of the thrash shit made it on my list. Fucking, uh, I think that might be my favorite fucking one from that album Most yeah i think it probably is my favorite of the uh, uh number three i have uh which like it kind of goes sometimes it's my favorite miss of the song sometimes it's like you know close to the top but 
I fucking love Astro Zombies. Oh yeah. Like fucking and, and there's like the different versions of it, like the different versions they did back then. But there's like one version I think is Jerry and uh where it's like where they do the exterminate part and he's like and it's like his voice is like super flat and it's just it's like exterminate the whole fucking human race. And just the Exterminate. Yeah, exterminate. Like the fucking the bass and the guitar riffs on that is so fucking good. It's so good. Oh yeah, I fucking uh, I I I because there was like uh the reason there's so many versions of that is because fucking I guess they originally they recorded uh Static Age which never came out until after they had already broken right. up. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh they recorded a second album which was just gonna be uh, a lot of it came out on that fucking uh I, I think it was called Twelve Bits Out of Hell. Was yeah, yeah. Be, yeah, was gonna... yeah. There, I mean, we didn't really go in, but their discography, the way it was released, was really fucky. Yeah, fuck it. I actually, my favorite album, I think, is uh, the one that came out, that, that actually did come out first, was the fucking Walk Among Us. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I put Walk Among Us as the first album, but really the the the, one, the first one I bought and started, the, like, listening to, like, a word out before I had the box set was just that Collection 1, like, that group of songs that they put on Collection 1. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. like, like, I think I bought it because Where Eagles Dare was on it, but, like, that's the one. And, like, even now, like, I was walking the other day and on Spotify I just put on Collection 1. But, um... Oh, yeah. Um... Fucking, uh, Walk Among Us isn't on Spotify. Yeah, like I noticed, there's I, I don't think cuts from the crypt is on there either, which is the same mm. shame because that's where like Bruiser and shit is. But yeah, fucking yeah. my, I I put a star next to my favorite one. That's the last one I got. You ready? Yeah, let's hear it, baby. Fucking Spinal Remains. Really? Oh yeah. Man, you're really into the D cuts. Like I thought some of mine were deep, but you're really into the D cuts. This isn't really sex. This isn't real life. This isn't really anything I think I like. And I will not say it all. Broken glass. I could go on the whole day. I could go on the whole day. Fucking, I love that song. Fucking crazy. You're a madman. Fucking, that's another fucking weird sexual fucking. Uh, You're really song. into Glenn Danzig's late seventies uh, masturbatory fucking. Exactly. Bullshit. Talking about. <laughs> Talking about all the sex he wants all to do. All the game that he wants. Exactly. He wants to dig his fucking boots into the soft remains of your spine. Yeah, he does. And savage that shit. He does. I actually have two left. I don't know, we got off kilter somehow, but uh, two, I have Halloween, which, like, I just love the lyrics. Bonfires burning bright, pumpkin faces. Like, pretty much, like, I used to call Phil D's phone every Halloween and leave that on his fuck. It's just singing that into the fucking phone. But now I just text it to him every year. And then number one is, uh, again, just the crunchy guitar sound I never get tired of. Uh, I mean, none of these are really number one, too. Like, they're, I love them all. But yeah, horror business. I fucking love horror business. That's a great one. And, like, That's I remember one. one of the times I, I saw, because Jerry only would always sign autographs at the show. Like, I, I got him to sign my famous monsters. I was like, Jerry, will you write horror business on there? And he wrote, like, horror biz, B-I-Z. And I was like, that's the name of a Sam Haynes song. That's not even... Like, I know he was just doing it for time. And I appreciate that he was willing to do it. But, like, yeah. <laughs> that's a Sam Haynes song. You're not even in that band. <laughs> yeah, that's Lyman. what I thought. I looked at it, I was like, this is fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, we always called... Uh, me and Phil Deez, we always called him Uncle Jerry back then. Because, like, he was, like, the one that would go... He was the only one that would come out. Like, both times I seen him, he came out afterwards and signed autographs. There was, like, a little, like like a barrier at the venue that where the the bouncers would stand behind to watch the crowd so they couldn't get on stage you know what i mean 
and like mm-hmm. he would just stand behind there and like people would come up and like sign like the first time i went he signed my ticket stub because i didn't like know to bring anything and then the second time because i knew he signed shit i brought the famous monster cd and had him sign that but, I love I love the famous monsters cover. The oh, it's so book. fucking good. Yeah, I wish I could have like a giant poster of that framed. Mm. It's so fucking good. Yeah, that's probably the best of the Michael Graves ones. Yeah, yeah, American Psycho is good. Don't get me wrong. And I like I really like the song American Psycho. I really like the looking eyes, sick eyes. I hate people. Like fucking me and Phil D said that for years. Like whenever somebody be acting obnoxious, we just look at each other and go, I hate people. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's it. I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, like Misfits still one of my favorite. Like, like I, I pretty much like I. It's like pretty much the Misfits and the Smiths are my favorite two bands, and it just depending on the day of the week or what you ask me, what my favorite band is, it's one of those two, and I just listen to their shit like endlessly. I probably listen to the Smiths more now. I got back into the Smiths after not listening for a few years because I just listened to their shit forever. But I could always listen to the Misfits, and especially around Halloween time, I'd always start listening to them again. But just all the time. But I mean, I also listen to a lot of Danzig, a lot of solo Danzig, and mm-hmm. all the same hang. So yeah, like I mean, I don't really, don't really have any like other than like the current like whatever shit. I probably wouldn't go pay to see them now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would if it was like close by, but. It, if it sucked, I, I wouldn't be upset about it because I understand you can't recapture the like when you're seventy, you can't fucking go out and feel like you did when you were twenty five. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's all good though. Fucking, it happens to the best of. Yeah. I feel bad though. I feel like I shit on Bruiser, but it's like, it's like the first half of the movie, you're like, this is so fucking good. Like this movie couldn't get any better, and then the second half, you're kind of like. It doesn't suck. Like, I still like watching the movie play out and come to its conclusion, but it's just like, fuck, I just wish this would have been like... I wish. I just wish the second half would have been as cool and as hardcore as the first half was. But, I mean, I still like it. Like, just the gimmick of seeing the guys, fa- you know, get that whatever face and it, shit. The idea, yeah, it's such a unique idea. Yeah. And it's just like, fucking, I like ideas like that. It's just kind of like uh-huh. a Twilight Zone episode. It's just yeah. like, now what do you do? Like, what? Like what? You know, like, <laughs> like this is like fucking. It's almost like it reads as a mild inconvenience, but at the same time, it's like this is kind of paranormal. This doesn't happen. I know. <laughs> I was even it's thinking fun. like somebody should remake this, and like because he's older and shit. I mean, he's not like old, but you know, he's slightly older. They could get fucking Jason Fleming to play the the bad guy because he plays a lot of villains in movies now. You could just get him to play the bad guy and get like a new guy to fucking play Bruiser. Fucking, I want some of that phlegm spat in my fucking mouth, you know what I mean? Like, it's weird to think, I mean, not that Jason Statham's a big movie star, but it's weird to think that at one point in time, Jason Statham and Jason Fleming were on equal footing as actors. Wow. Fucking, I want to go back to that time. I want Bruiser 2. I want Bruiser 2. It probably wouldn't be hard to do, like, because I'm sure the the rights to the movie are actually owned by the guy who produced it, Peter Grunwald. You could probably be like, can we do Bruiser 2? And he'd probably be like, yeah, why not? You know what? We could make it like The Crow, and the sequel could be that it's like a Juggalo. And then the finale, like, instead of the Halloween party, you do the gathering of the Juggalos. It's 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 the guy wakes up and he's a juggalo and he can't yeah. wash off the face paint because like they're technically the FBI called them a gang like that would fuck up your life and shit like yeah that would be an interesting story yeah I forget I, I, I meant to send it to you I'll send it to you but there's a video out there and I'm pretty sure this shit's like fucking actually really fake um 
Oh, before we end up talking, I gotta go here in a second. But before we talked about a uh, fucking um, uh, like you ever listen to the Jerry Only Misfits where he was the singer? I did. I heard all their shit. Yeah, like it's you know at first I was like this shit's whack because I miss Michael Graves, but I, um, I, it's my least favorite. But I don't hate it. There's a couple good songs though. That Devil's Rain song is actually really fucking good. Shockingly. I don't think he's a terrible singer. No, he's really not bad. Yeah, I and like I kind of would rather like if I had the choice to go see Jerry Only singing or like Glenn. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I rather go see Glenn Danzig by himself over than like Jerry Only or the Misfits, whatever. But uh, if I had a choice of seeing the Misfits with Glenn Danzig singing or Jerry Only singing, I'd rather see fucking Jerry Only singing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I forgot. I'd be interested in seeing Danzig. I would too. Like I, I, there, you know, I could have went. I can't remember like what the problem was. If it was work or what. But when he did his like Sam Hain reunion tour, and he he opened up the show at, like with the Sam Hain guys, and then he came back out and played the Danzig shit. That's the one concert I fucking hate myself for not going to go see. And I can't mm-hmm. remember why I didn't go because I knew it was coming, and then, like I wanted to fucking see it. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's something else I want to say, but I forgot, as always. My brain is, sh- like, shit, like, now. Like, I feel like I'm ready to transition into having a white fucking cane face and exactly. start a new life just wearing white face. <laughs> fucking lose your identity. Yeah. See, even that is, like, a fucking, uh, it's like a metaphor visually for losing your oh. identity idea. Yeah. This I knew, what I, I remember what I was going to say. I was like, did, did I should have fucking done the research. I watched the movie fucking twice. Uh, I was like, was it, was this written by George Romero? Yeah, this was written by George, George Romero. I, I, for some reason, I always thought like maybe he just like directed a script that they had or something. So he mm-hmm. really wrote all this fucking like Peter Sturmer jacking his dick bullshit. <laughs> like this was the creation of George Romero. So apparently, uh, fucking he was really fucking pissed off at the time because like fucking a bunch of projects he tried to get made, yeah. he couldn't get made. Like so one, I know he tried to make the Mummy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was just... he was gonna he was gonna do fucking Pet Cemetery at one point. Yeah, I remember them saying that. Yeah. And uh, fucking because of some weird thing that happened, like he got pulled off of it at the last minute. Yeah, it was like the major studios for some reason, like in the nineties, like didn't believe in George Romero. It was weird. I think I, I think it was because of test screening. Like they didn't like the ending of like the movie before it. Yeah. Fucking like what was it? The uh... Dark Half. Dark or no, yeah. no, Dark Half came out for Pet Cemetery. Oh, Monkey Shines. It would have been Monkey Shines. Would have been right Monkey Shines. Pet Cemetery. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know he had problems on Monkey Shines too, because like a producer was really fucking weird, and he he said it in an interview. It might be on those like Roy Frumkus interviews, but he said like there was really weird shit with the producer on Monkey Shines, where the guy would say like, "I want you to reshoot this scene," and he said, "Why?" Like I, you know, I thought the actors did good, and it was good. And the producer said, I don't like the color of the necktie the guy's wearing in the scene. And they were like, what? Like, why would you reshoot a fucking scene because of that? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I like the necktie. It's very prominent in the scene, though. I, want you, I don't like the color of it. The, maybe George Romero could have ended up working for Marvel because that's the kind of shit they do. They do reshoot everything because like, they're like, oh, we don't like the color of the shirt he's wearing. It's like, but you knew the color of this fucking shirt the day we shot it. Yeah, I know, but whatever. Just start putting fucking, make him wear green garments so we can change them later in editing. 
<laughs> like the green screen shit color. <laughs> you can just CGI new clothes on. Well, actually, Marvel does do that with the helmets. They put, fucking put them on, put them off, and it always looks fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. George Romero would have been the perfect director for Marvel. It's a shame mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, aged out of that demographic too quick. Exactly. But yeah, I just want to think, you know, like any chance to talk about George Romero. I don't even know if we really covered really any of his movies on here, to be honest. And we should we should make sure to cover all of them. You know, it's kind of weird we started with Bruiser, but I don't care. When you brought uh, Zach brought up the idea, so we could talk about the Misfits and talk about big money wrestlers. I was like, I was all about it. It's fucking awesome. Oh yeah. We need to make a fucking uh, a, a giant car that goes around fucking showing George Romero, spreading the word of Romero to all the fucking younger yeah. generations. Fucking the, the Romero Camaro. We got. I want to. We've heard of the Oscar Mayer wiener going driving around. Mm-hmm. We need the Romero Camaro. You, I want that to happen. You know how we do it? Because my dad had like an '83 Camaro, and it, it, act, it actually had a hatchback. Believe it or not, like oh, we, yeah. we get one of those, BB, and uh, we build the. Um, the projector of the movie like on the on the hood and then the back where the the what do you call it the hatchback is like we remove the glass so it's just all the speakers shooting the sound out of the back of the car we could do it like and we all we would need to do is just in a city pull up to a, a building that had a like a large like light or white colored uh, wall on the side and we could just say we could just like tweet out like meet us the, the romero camaro is going to be on this street at this time and we're going to show bruiser we're going to oh, show yeah. monkey shines whatever and we just pull up like in like the, the sound you know we, we need a generator inside we're gonna, the car we're gonna be like it. We're gonna be like that scene from Pest, wherever they they hit the button and like the big sound system comes out. Yeah. It's like, fucking, how you like that, baby? We're gonna be fucking playing some Romero Camaro shit. Exactly. Romero, Camaro. That's the oh, most yeah. genius. Like, yeah, you finally your cum brain uh cl- cleared up enough that like you actually came up with the most genius idea of all time. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a world I want to live in. Me we need too. to do the past too at some point. Yeah, I like the like. The Pest, I remember uh, I went to see it during a time where I was, uh, it was like when I first started college, I was in an acting class and they made us, uh, they made us like write like a daily journal about like everything in your life or whatever. And I actually wrote a journal entry about the fucking Pest. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish you still had that. They should put yeah. it out on the credit I probably collection. actually do still have it. I just don't know where it is. If they, if you find it, they need to put it on a criteria collection and include your letter. <laughs> My handwritten letter. Talk about the Pest. I, th- I think I gave it a pretty mid review, but I think if I remember right, I, I remember talking about it was like winter time and like I was depressed from the cold and the lack of light and shit, and the pest uh, cheered me up. Is, is, that's what I think the majority of the post was or the the journal entry was about. Oh yeah, I kind of okay. like this podcast because like I don't think about it. Like I feel like I t- like if there's a listener that like has like loyally listened to like every episode, like like only the listeners of the movie graveyard know all these weird facts about me. Cause like I don't come on saying I'm going to talk about all this personal shit, but just like, I have like random memories that come up during the show. And I tell like usually the most embarrassing and weird aspects of my life on here. Hell no, baby. We're fucking, we, it all, it, we got to learn about life, baby. Fucking everybody. <laughs> they don't know it. Cause they're the youngins. Yeah. We got to fucking learn about all the shit that goes down once you get older and then you'll understand. You'll fucking you'll appreciate movies like this. That's true. 
So yeah, so I want to thank you, Zach, for bringing this film to the table and also showing up. And it just was a lot of fun thinking about not only this movie but the Misfits as well and getting to do this. And uh, yeah, like I, I obviously I hope the listeners enjoy it too. But I, I hope the listeners are Romero fans and Misfits fans because you should be, whether it's one of his great masterpieces or you know one of his later films. Like again, like I'll still take this shit over a lot of stuff. I'll take. I, I can honestly say I would watch Bruiser. A hundred times in a row before I would ever watch fucking Five Nights at Freddy's again. That was one of the worst, you know, the, theatrical release. I watched it on Peacock, but, you know, it, it did come out in theaters. And I got to say, like, I kind of want to see that just because of the return of Matthew Willard. Dude, he's it, like, I would like they're hyping it up like Matthew Willard's back in the type of role you've always wanted. Dude, I swear <laughs> to God, he's in two scenes in the fucking movie. Jesus, really? and, like, like probably in the first five minutes and then in the last five minutes of the movie. Like that's I was thinking funny. he was the star. The way they're talking about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, they're hyping it up. They're like, "Oh, you never." But that's that's just how it, it's such a huckster movie, dude. It's it's a family court drama. It's about a guy afraid that he's going to lose his uh, his uh, little sister that he takes care of to family court. Like it's such. It's okay. not a horror movie. It's very soft. It's very tame. Like I know it's rated PG thirteen, but it really should be rated fucking PG. It's so damn soft. It sounds like a joke you're making. Is that really the plot? Yeah, that's it. That's that's why he has to take the job of Five Nights at Freddy's is because uh, he loses his job as a security guard because he, he thinks he sees a uh, little boy getting a... He's a security guard at a shopping mall, and he thinks he sees this guy stealing this little boy, but it turns out it's just the kid's dad, and he beats the guy up, so he gets fired. And then and then he goes to, like, Matthew Lillard is, like, the guy at the unemployment office, and he's like, I got a job for you at Five Nights at Freddy's. And he's like, he's like oh, I can't do nights because, you know, I need to take care of my sister. And he's like, okay. And then, like, he gets threatened to lose his sister because his aunt wants to steal her. And then he's like, I need a job quick. And he's like, oh, I got to go work overnights at Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, Which I know it's not called that. It's called, like, whatever, Fozbear Pizza or whatever the fuck. And, like, yeah, that's really the, that's literally the plot of the movie. (laughs) I just realized that you saw, like, uh, all the the kids that would be, like, fucking, uh, like, whenever your grandma calls, like, uh... (laughs) a... Like, did you get one of the Freddy Krueger movies? Yeah, really yeah. it's not called Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Freddy <Grandma. Krueger. laughs> Fucking hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. it was it was a pile of shit, and it was very cheap. Like if you thought Bruiser was cheap, wait till you see Five Nights at Freddy's. It's the cheapest shit. It, it should it should almost be like a webcam video. It's so fucking cheap. It was made in Canada, as you say. Yeah, it was probably made in Romania. It was so fucking cheap. But yeah, so that's it. So again, Zach, thank you. Thank you, listeners. And we'll catch you back again real soon in the movie graveyard. Dog. You know the Michael Douglas film, Falling Down? It's like falling down on acid. It's a man who's taken too much and decides to wreak his revenge. I believe that a lot of the rage and violence in the world today is not... I think it comes from just frustration and not having a personal identity. And uh, that's really what this is about. I mean, this guy has his identity completely taken away from him. And uh, several things happen to him all at once. And it's sort of the straw, or the many straws that break the camel's back, and he flips out. This is a climactic scene in the film. And by then, he's already become a, a self-styled uh, vigilante so to speak, or he's, he's really, he's just on a revenge trip, and the, the one guy that you really dislike throughout the film, I hope, although he's the kind of guy that you, you love to hate, uh, is the boss, the big boss. 
he holds this party, and while he's at the party, I um, this is where I decide. This is where I kill him. So it's really sort of within the freaks and the zombies that are here. There's a there's a murder. What the fuck is wrong with you people? What the fuck is wrong with you people? What's it like working with your dad? It's like <coughs> it's very natural because I see him every day. It's not. So it's actually, it's nice because I'm not like nervous or anything that I'm going to mess up. I think I've been in all his movies since we've been together. We've, we've been together since 76 and I've had walk-ons and I've had fairly large parts. This happens to be my walk-on. <laughs> Back in the 80s, we put out a song called Night of the Living Dead in, in tribute to the movie. And uh, for this new video, we have a, a song called Scream that was uh, written for Wes Craven and for his movies. And uh, we were looking for a video to get done for it. And so we called George and asked him if he was interested. And he said that he, he would do it and that he needed us to be in his movie. So we actually exchanged working atmospheres. He's going to direct our video and we're going to be in his movie just, you know, doing each other favors. So we're very excited about it.